my years of ballet. Ballet? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> But you know what they say, like ballet girls, like standing super straight. Yeah, great you know? posture. Well, yeah, they, they show you the posture. Exactly. Yeah. When I did the uh, music in, um, you know, uh, in Quebec, we have the Cégep, uh, which is called. It's like we finish high school a bit earlier, but then we have this two year. So high school for us is just five years. Then we have two years of this other school, which is a bit more like university. It's a, it's a in between. Mm-hmm. So two years and then you go to university. So technically, I think you go to university one year uh, quicker than us. Okay. So, so we started 18. Yeah. For us, it's more about 19. Same as England, right? And, and Or do they start a year earlier? And uh, for me, when I did music, I did the technique. So it's not two years, it's three years. So for me, when I went to university, finally another thing than music, but uh, uh, it's like for you, your normal process here, it's like two years later. Okay. But then when I was in the, in music in Ramonville, the, the city, I wanna, you know, music, it attracts people from everywhere because it's not a, a program that's given in every CEGEP, you know. Yeah. So it's a bit different. So uh, there was people from north of Quebec, east, west, even other provinces. It was in French, so there's other uh, French people in other uh, like provinces in Canada. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so at this uh, at this place, the other program that was attracting people was dance. Oh, okay. That was uh, that's the link I was making, and yeah, uh, th- that dance program. So you know, people uh, like musician uh, and dance people got along together. Mm-hmm. We were all living, you know, with people from everywhere. So people have apartment right in front of that place. Mm. So we mixed up pretty long, pretty, pretty much. And, you know, musician, there was a lot of boys. <laughs> Dance stuff was more, more <laughs> guys. Wedding, so, yeah, yeah that's a, that was a good fit. Uh, so, yeah, we have fun. And uh, so uh, I uh, I have a lot of friends that are dancers still now that, uh, that do that professionally. Really? Yeah, or at people that I know that I studied with, yeah. you know. And uh, it's intense. Uh, I uh, It's intense on the body, on the mind, everything. They're, oh, they're yeah. athletes. Like, uh, Dancers are I was saying the posture, yeah. but everything, it's, it's rough. Uh, Absolutely. They're yeah. really fit. It, it unfortunately, it feels like it, it gets a bad rap in pop culture. Like, oh, you do dance, like ballet. It's like, it feels as if people think it's for more like dainty people or something. But it's, it's really not. You know, it's a, it's a highly athletic activity and yeah, yeah and yeah. um yeah i don't know i've never done it but i have just danced for fun you yeah know? yeah for fun yeah. Get, you get exhausted yeah yeah that's for sure and that's to do sure. with technique and to be really effortless with it and be yeah. balanced with it and measured is not easy yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so uh, no that was fun or we were playing for uh like their shows or things like that, you know, making music mm-hmm. uh, on not only tracks. So uh, that was a cool collaboration. Uh, I yeah. like that. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, like when you, or what I, di- I did also kind of the same, not uh, the same thing, but in the same way to, uh, to you know, do it with someone that makes uh, like uh, visual or public uh, things. I did it for improvisation. Mm. Playing music with a band. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, so it's uh, like two two teams with teams, you know, and people on a stage kind of creating, a, you know, but you know what the improvisation are, are uh, like the, the, um, the organized one. So mm-hmm. you, you can vote and uh, mm-hmm. everything. So then we were playing, but as the person were, you know, playing on stage. So we have to go with her from the mood, understand what they're saying. So mm. doing ambience and things like that live. 
That's insane. That was so you're making up music while someone's dancing. Oh, uh, we we did that for dance, but we did that for improvisation. Uh, I I mean, uh, like comic improvisation. Oh, you know, like uh, okay, okay. like a comedian. Yeah, yeah. You know, so there were team on the and people doing teams. So you improv music on an improv comedy sketch. You go with uh, you go with the flow, you know. So if there's in a bar, you can do a little beat behind, just just like there's music in your normal life. So yeah. you try to, uh, but that was intense. We did that maybe I don't know with friends, uh, and there were like professional shows. Uh, you know, we just, they were always inviting uh, mm-hmm. inviting uh, different bands. So uh, yeah, with some friend, we did that maybe four or five times. So you you've done a lot of different stuff with drums, with yeah, percussion. Yeah, yeah. I How try. long have you been playing for? Uh, I started, I was uh, 11, so I'm 35. So, uh, 35, okay. Yeah. Let everyone know who you are and what you do. Yeah, we yeah. already started yeah, right yeah, away. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm Julian Fontaine. Who, uh, I'm saying it in English, but in fact, the real name is Julien Fontaine. I'm from Montreal. So uh, that's why the accent, uh, my, main, <laughs> my uh, main language is uh, French. So, uh, and uh, if you don't know Quebec, or maybe people don't know, it's uh, the French, like it's mostly French, maybe 85%. Uh, the the people there it's their eighty five percent are French. Uh, that that it's their first uh, like uh, language language yeah okay so uh, it technically it's the only official language of Quebec so every road sign every place is in French and uh, so basically I learned English because uh, I had it in school and I did a program so I had more English but uh, people of my generation they pretty much all speak English but my parents they don't really speak English like a few words but. Uh, like people would sometimes speak Spanish uh, because yeah. they knew a, a few words, <clears> and, uh, right. but uh, they cannot hold a conversation without a translator, you know? So would you say like um, the millennials are like the first generation to have a lot of English? Maybe. Uh, I have a sister that is uh, 10 years older than me, so I, like she's just on the border mm-hmm. of being the, the, the other generation, mm-hmm. kind of, and um, they, they were good also at that moment. But like my parents... Uh, that was really less. Uh, I think they learned it a little in school, but uh, it was different at that time. I yeah. guess. and also it wasn't in media as much. Like you can learn English so much easier now in yeah. Canada because of the internet. Yeah, and Netflix, you, everything, Netflix, yeah. YouTube, Instagram, TikTok. You had still music. You listen to a lot of yeah. you know American music, <clears throat> even English. podcasts. There's so many ways yeah, you can hear exactly, English now, exactly. whereas. 50, 70 years Before ago. Before you had to add that, cha- like, American channel or, yeah. uh, you know, Canadian, uh, English-Canadian channel. Or you channel. tutored. If, you had, if your yeah. family had money, maybe you get tutored privately. Yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, basically, I learned it there. And, uh, but, uh, yeah, you know, you've seen the accent, so I'll do my best because <laughs> you, you kind of surprise me on that one. <laughs> How often do you speak English in everyday life? Uh, in everyday life... I speak with Matt uh, Matt Bauer or uh, the, the my cousin, the, yeah. yeah, your cousin that yeah. we. Uh, uh, so I speak with him once in a while. So for that, but uh, like at my job, uh, I have some client, some customers that are um, that are English people. Uh, I deal with um, like a mother company that is American. It's a big American public company. So um, yeah, uh, with them, it's often in English. Uh, but we also have, like I was talking to uh, <laughs> a Spanish uh, things in the business, so I, I should learn Spanish. That would be my, my next mm-hmm. goal. I would like uh, to, to do that. But uh, yeah, so uh, I don't know, maybe once a week or okay. like five, ten minutes. 
Okay, not often then. <laughs> no, no, really not. But Does, and in a while, like I'm coming here and uh, I'll uh, I'll speak a few uh, like uh, I'll speak for a few days in a row and uh, or uh, if we play video games together, yeah. I don't know. Uh, I'll speak with them. So I practice uh, and I uh, watch movies. Or, yeah, when you when you watch a movie in English, is it um is it easy to understand everything? Uh, depends on the thing. Sometimes I put the subtitles. Okay, it helps. But uh, honestly, now the subtitles are more for. Uh, uh, I have a, a fifteen years old, a fifteen years old, fifteen months old uh, daughter. So when she's asleep, uh, to understand better English, I have to maybe pop up the volume a little bit. Yeah. And I don't want to wake uh, any yeah. anyone. So if I can <clears throat> see it, it's easier on that. But uh, mostly, I can listen to them uh, without subtitles. Uh, I'd say. But like, uh, there's always some accents or. Uh, you know, uh, old movies, uh, you know, mm-hmm. uh, things like that, that uh, could be diff- difficult, but uh, yeah. I'm pretty comfortable in yeah, general. Your English is, is really not, good. Not too bad, yeah. Especially for not using it often. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you, if you used it all the time, you'd be really good. I guess so. I would have loved to, uh, you know, uh, one time we uh, we met together uh, to, uh, we've known each other for, for seven years. years. Yeah, seven years. Yeah, even, uh, even the May, uh, I would say before that. Oh, we, yeah, Matt's went, wedding, eight years. Yeah, yeah, and, and and then even that. I think the first time I came to see Matt, which was would be in 2012, I think we we passed by your place. Wow, did we meet? Did I we think hang so. Out briefly. Yeah, yeah. Maybe yeah, said for hi sure. or something. Maybe you don't uh, recall so that much. So many come through, but I think he might have showed up with you because that he was summer. hanging out uh, often at right, the DZ, you Yeah, know? we're doing the podcast, Friends of Music. Yeah, right? exactly. Oh yeah, this adds up. And 2012, maybe 13, uh, I, I was on the Friends with Music podcast. <sighs> we did, but it was in New Orleans though that we oh, did it. Right. You were in. You the, guys did it in New Orleans. Yeah, That's or funny. maybe. It was Gabby and I was at, uh, with another uh, person at, the, at this mm-hmm. time, and we went together. But uh, in fact, we know for uh, quite a while. And uh, I, I did because I celebrated the the wedding of of Matt. Yeah, I had to uh, to produce, you know, a speech. Yeah, and you to, were the officiator. Yeah, yeah. Of Matt's Matt's my cousin, and <laughs> Matt was a pivotal person in DZ Fest. For those listening who don't know, yeah, and him and I. Also had a podcast, Friends of Music, for a while, which Julian was on at yeah. some point. A lot of people were on, hundreds of people, thousands of people. Yeah, yeah. And Amazing. That, then Matt, you know, he got old and, and had bigger. <laughs> he is old. <laughs> got bigger things to fry and like families because and kids Do, and do stuff. you know, in fact, why I met Matt? How? I, I, how? I, I, it's because I'm making the link towards you, how, how I'm here together uh, doing that. All, you know, it, uh, it happens there. But I went to Bonnaroo in 2010 mm-hmm. with uh, my girlfriend at this uh, moment. And so we drove from Montreal, went up to uh, to Bonnaroo, and then we were, you know, touring a bit in uh, the U.S., visiting and coming back to Montreal like a three weeks uh, mm. trip. But we were starting in uh, Bonnaroo. That sounds fun. Yeah, yeah, that was so cool. So you met Matt at Bonnaroo. Yeah, after like uh, ten hours of uh, traffic, bumper to bumper, you get to a place that are like, I don't know, uh, uh, almost a hundred thousand people. You know, uh, mostly. Uh, Camping there and everything yeah. is so big. Maybe I'm exaggerating, but uh, it's really, really big. And he was my tent neighbor. Wow! On all those people, you know. What are the chances? Yeah. So he's your tent neighbor, and 13 years later, you're in yeah. his cousin's basement in Chicago. Exactly. Exactly. Doing and a I, podcast. And I studio. did his wedding. <laughs> and you were the officiator his wedding. So that, that's and crazy. You man. played a show at my old studio. Yeah. And you did band. a live session. Yeah. 
And we never were able to get you to play DZ Fest, I think. No, because the, the year after that, the, the, we, we were together, that band, for, uh, I don't know, five, six years. We have mm-hmm. an album. Mr. Mojo Rising. Yeah, Mr. Mojo Rising. The album is Rise of the Mojos. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, with two of my, uh, my buddies, we had a saxophonist, a keyboardist too, that add up to the band afterwards. He was and wild. Yeah, he was very, he's really good. Gab, uh, <laughs> uh, he's a jazz player. Character, and, character. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, he's you guys so, are all jazz players, right? Yeah, we play. Uh, you know, I learned with rock, but uh, when I uh, studied it more professionally, if I can say, like, uh, you know, bigger studies than just uh, a teacher coming at home, you know, every mm-hmm. year. And uh, when I did the formation, the, the, the class, I mean, I uh, I see it was in uh, in jazz, but then my roots, you know, are uh, rock. So uh, I just learned to do to put more triplets in my rock, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so you, how long have you been playing drums? Uh, since I was eleven, so tw- almost twenty five years. Four years. Yeah. And when did, when did you start doing lessons? Uh, pretty much, uh, no, at the same time. Oh, right away. Yeah, for me, I don't come from a musician family at all, so I always had a. Uh, you know, a good in- interest in music. Yeah. But I, I, at the basic of all that, I think if I had to choose right now, and I put, you know, I'm still practicing a lot, so I, I play a lot of drums, you know, I, I like it. It's an important part of my life. But if I would have to choose, I think I would uh, continue the ability of listening to records. Mm-hmm. My uh, my main, that my, you know, original attraction with music is listening to Ben and then playing music was a way to participate in that mm-hmm. recording, you know, and then I, I'm saying that and I love playing drums so much and everything, but uh, in the end, yeah, it's, uh, it's the goal to uh, enter this uh, mm-hmm. this uh, process of music. It's, mm-hmm. uh, it's really fun. So, yeah, um, I had different bands uh, with the time. I, I, I did like... Uh, you know, top 40s band in the time. Like, uh, it, there was a part of my time I was, I was teaching and gigging and, uh, you know, earning my, uh, my life with that. Just playing music? Just playing music while I was in university. What, where did you go to school? Uh, I did accounting. Accounting? <laughs> yeah, I'm a CPA, like chartered accounting guy. Really? <laughs> where at? What school? Uh, I did it in a university in Montreal. Okay. Yep. And so, uh, so you didn't want to study music? I studied music like the Cégep, you know, uh, mm-hmm. so uh, I did three years there. Um, and like I have no musicians in my family, no, that it's really that important, but uh, I come from a business family. Mm. So my father had a garbage company. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so. Uh, like he, he well, what did that entail? What the garbage company entail? Uh, like he, he had many, many trucks and they were doing cities, compost, recycling, uh, garbage. Okay. It's he, not, that's not a private thing? It's not done, or that's not a public thing done through like the government? No, uh, some of them are, but at the time it was like uh, government giving the contracts for the, there was a, you know, business part of them, like restaurants and businesses, like they have garbage too, but you know, the public, so the, it was like a city giving the contract or a few cities together. Mm-hmm. And then, so you were, you know, putting uh, the price and trying to win the, you know, the contract. Yeah. Um, and uh, then, uh, so yeah, we had like uh, 150 trucks and wow. uh, a lot of employees too. And uh, it was family business. My grandfather started that. And, oh, uh, okay. You know, now he's retired and he doesn't have it anymore. Your since dad? Uh, 
yeah, since okay. 2009. But, you know, it was a big uh, kind of success in the, the city and everything. So I was always, I had a lot of um, interest for that too. Like when I was younger with one of my friends, I was uh, like buying li- buying little tour of Ben mm-hmm. and doing shows and just, you know, renting the room, the the speakers, paying everybody. And But I was 15, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. and doing shows with my buddy. Sometimes we made a lot of money. Sometimes we, uh, we, we, we lost a lot. So you would put shows on. Yeah, yeah. How many bands would play? I don't know, three or four. Three or four. And so how many times would you do this, the shows? Uh, I think we did it four times. Four times? Four times. Why'd you stop? I don't know. I was uh, I was young. It was with that friend. Uh, (laughs) I think uh, the last time we we lost a lot of money and then we, we kind of... We break even with all those yeah. shows at the end, but the last one was tough uh, for a different reason. We have some that was very, uh, they were very cool. But in fact, the last one, musically wise, it was amazing. There were uh, like old, um, uh, how do you call that? Uh, you know, it's kind of old rock and roll band, and uh, but actual more uh, like not uh, anyway. Classic and, uh, rock? No, 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 no. Uh, uh, rockabilly. Oh, Rockabilly. Okay. Yeah, like Rockabilly band from Montreal. They were so good. And they were bigger bands. That was the time that was the, the, the cost of it was way bigger. Like they were a band playing on the TV and things like that, you know. And uh, But they gave an amazing show and uh, everything was fun, but for 30 persons. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it cost a lot of money. So I don't know. We were young, but we lost a lot. Yeah. And, but we had fun. And... Uh, I was linking with the, the business, so I ha- already uh, had a business side to it, even if I was liking music too. Mm-hmm. And so then uh, when I finished uh, Cégep, I wanted to go to university in drum. And uh, one time uh, I just told my father, oh, I would like to come, like, come work with you at the company, maybe take back the company. And he just said, oh, for a year we're like negotiating to sell it. <laughs> so <laughs> a bit too late. <laughs> kind oh, of. Okay. But I still continued in university. I did accounting. and uh, So you were thinking about working for your father. Yeah. I, I worked there all my life. You know, I, oh, okay. I, I run in a, behind the truck for a little while. Really? <laughs> I did that when I was yeah, really young, but uh, like at 14. Uh, and it was rough. I did it only one summer, but I, all the other time I was working. We had the gas station. I worked at the gas station for like five years. I washed trucks like when I was like eleven or twelve. Yeah. You know, when your father, uh, when your parents have a business, often you can you start working there very young because they're always there managing the business. So you come and uh, I know that I'm sure that people that. Uh, it can be corner stores or anything. Uh, yeah. The family kind of gathered there. Absolutely. Yeah. It makes sense. So so then it was, uh, because when I say that, it's like, oh, music, and then uh, teaching music, uh, gigging, and then uh, being an accountant, it's like... It doesn't cannot, make any sense. Nah, it doesn't make any sense, but for me, uh, it did. Like, uh, how? When did you graduate college? Uh, yeah, university. Uh, I graduated in 2014. 14. And, uh, yeah, you need the license to do that. So I, I had my license exam. And so, but I was already working, uh, you know, it's like study mm-hmm. and work. And so I did like a master and to have oh, my license. A master's to, degree? Yeah. Okay. At the same school? Yeah, exactly. It's kind of the the way to have your, your CPA, you know. Okay. So you're, you have a master's degree in accounting? Yeah. <laughs> Can you count really well? <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> but no, it's not about that. It's really interesting now, like 
now I'm more a manager or uh, I help. I work for a family business that sells truck. Hmm. So uh, I'm still in the trucking, you know, yeah. that industry. I can feel it. I've been born almost in a in an oil change, you know, yeah. like in the garage. Uh, I'm kidding, but uh, <laughs> still, uh, like you know, I was. I, I can feel those kind of business. So and it's family owned, you know. They, oh, they, nice. they have the good values. They, mm-hmm. they they cherish their employee, the the business, the community. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's uh, so I like it. And uh, yo, know, I, I I think it's um, there's creativity to 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 this uh, to this thing. Like it's always project, and I'm helping the the business owner to uh, to you know to yeah to continue to grow and right. Uh, New project about everything. Uh, we're uh, we're shipping in different countries, so there's all the What's international. It's uh we own a Peterbilt brand. Mm-hmm. You know the big Peterbilt truck. Peterbilt. Yeah, Packard, like Kenworth. Okay. Kenworth is uh, it's the same builder. Okay. So it's Peterbilt. Okay. So we have uh, uh, like seven, you know, uh, places business mm-hmm. places of Peterbilt, and then they have like they have 15 different business so it's pretty big okay. it's a family owned but pretty big family owned business and we ship uh, parts like truck parts uh, in 20 countries wow so you know and i'm working with the owner of that place so it, it has something of creativity too you know yeah. always different projects so what i had in music i have it but differently maybe what mm-hmm. i the, what i like so in my head, the way I see things, music and accounting is not that far away, you know. And I always see m- drum and music like, uh, you know, little square mm-hmm. <laughs> in a way. Like, uh, it's how I understand it's it's mathematical music too. So mm-hmm. there's, uh, or uh, on my part, I've seen in, in, uh, in partly in that way. So, uh, that, so, yeah. It's interesting how you draw that connection. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So before, how long have you been at this job? Oh, I've been there for uh, seven uh, seven years. Yeah. Okay. So, was there ever a time where you were just doing music full time? Uh, no, because uh, I started doing uh, uh, because you need when you need uh, you, you do your license, you have to uh, to accumulate mm-hmm. uh, different hours and different things to have your license, your full license. So uh, I had to stop that to start. For a firm, I was an ex Deloitte, like Deloitte, the the the, for the, the accounting firm. Mm-hmm. So I worked for them for a few years to have my license. So I even stopped teaching and playing music, gigging music, like for for money. That uh, like bands, you know, you, you don't necessarily earn your life uh, yeah. with that, depending on uh, how big your your band is. But yeah. still, it was more like because I liked it, I wanted to create music. So, but that job, it was teaching. It was. Uh, you know, uh, doing like uh, business shows and things like that, like Top 40 bands or mm-hmm. different. But uh, I, I stopped it and then it was uh, still an hour, like a year and a half of uh, university. Oh, so okay. and I, I never had this period of time which I was only doing music and searching for a job, like a new job in accounting or something like that. So I never lived it. Now I have a lot of friends that uh, live from, from music. Like my uh, the year I studied, uh, it was a, an intense year of. Uh, there's a lot of uh, famous singer now and then in Quebec. Uh, I mean, and in France a little too. A uh, little of good musician. The my um, my roommate, which was uh, we were three friends from uh, high school, mm-hmm. going there together. So you know, 17 years old in an apartment in a new city, three guys. Oh uh, my god! Uh, what, what city did you grow up in? Uh, it's called Saint Hyacinthe. It's like a suburb of 40 minutes from Montreal. Okay. 
So it's a suburb, but a bit more further, far, yeah. further, yeah. And a small town, yeah, like fifty thousand maybe. Okay, people. It's uh, there's a lot of agriculture. Like it's uh, the one of the agriculture of uh, of uh, like the the, the center the center, yeah, for Quebec, 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 which is already a good agriculture for uh, Canada province, yeah, yeah. So uh, there's uh, my my mother comes from a farm uh, that was some of my cousin uh, too that was still an operating one. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and um, so I studied in a city it's called Drummondville, Drummondville, and it's like another thirty five forty minutes away than Montreal. It's the the middle point between Quebec City and Montreal. Okay. So it in the middle. So yeah, I studied there. So it, it was just could have been done, done in car, but I think my parents <laughs> wanted me to experience new thing or yeah, learn out. to do my stuff, you know. So yeah, man, uh, my my uh, birthday is in August, like mm. early August, and I remember like it's 8 August and like the 15 we were there the three boys in our new she apartment. Just turned 18. <laughs> yeah, just turned 18. Uh, no, 17. Oh, you're 17. I was 17. I just turned 17. Oh, you guys start earlier. Yeah, yeah. So I was just 17 in a new place. Like, you just I re- turned I, 17, I, you move out. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. So I remember me and my three, and my three, we were three, and my two buddies, and we're like, um, like, uh, what are we doing? Like, what should we do? Yeah. I think we can do like anything we want. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure that the pre- like the first night probably we uh, we uh, exaggerate on uh, on a few things. What's the drinking <laughs> age there? It's 18. Okay, so you guys couldn't drink yet. No, not yet. But honestly, it was um, it was pretty. Uh, it was not checked that much at that time. Right. Or to or to buy uh, alcohol in certain uh, corner store. It was easy. Kind of, yeah, yeah. Kind of, not check that much. So uh, the first year we were kind of partying too. That was not a, a big problem, I guess. It's easy to party when you're 17. Uh, and in an apartment by yourself. Yeah. And, you know, the the, the 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 new school, the Cégep, it's way more, uh, it's a big more, a bit more like uh, university. It's more, you attend your class, you don't. Like I was a good student, it's, it's not what I mean, but, you know, you were treated like an adult. Yeah. That's how I treat my If students. you fail, you fail, but right. there, there's nobody holding your hand. Like you, you're right. r- responsible of your own things. Some of my students don't fully grasp that, you know. And I'm like, you guys are over 18. You know, you're, I don't need to meet or communicate with your parents. This is all on you. You're paying to be here. It's your decision. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, if, you, if you show the up, the only thing up. it's in uh, in Sejab, it's it doesn't cost that much. Oh, it's really? like, how much was it? Oh, I don't know, three hundred bucks per uh, session. <laughs> A year? <laughs> no, a semester? A, a, a semester, yeah. That's it? <laughs> That's it. So, you know, <sighs> so... <laughs> so you have no college loans. So, yeah, th- there was some people, like, uh, you know, Jeez. gluing there for uh, seven years or, like, you're supposed to be there tr- two or three. Yeah, and there were there people to their, uh, you know, I don't know how much different degree there. Yeah, <laughs> but maybe sweet, huh? Yeah, yeah, like having a specialized class in smoking marijuana. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Was marijuana popular there? Uh, pretty much at that time. Now it wasn't legal at that time. Not it's legal in Canada. When but, w- when did they make it legal? Um, 2015, I think. 15. Yeah, 16 maybe. I'll have to check, but it's been a bit. It's been a bit, yeah. That's and, great. Um, yeah. So uh, it was a a little, but you know, 
all the apartment in front of the of the cégep were all a bit like student from like in my situation so some were older than me because they could come come back to that school but you know a, a bunch of youngsters together learning music having all the apartments so even if you have a drum your your uh, neighbor has a drum yeah, <laughs> and the other music. one is playing saxophone and so like, everyone was making music so yeah i, I never had uh the the number of anybody and you know it was at a, at a time where uh, like uh, the, like social uh, social media were uh, you know it was in 2005 six, seven, eight. Right, so Nine, not maybe. much. MySpace and Facebook, no. barely so anything. Bar- I, like, the only way to see someone or to play music with someone was like taking your things and knocking to the, that person's door. Mm-hmm. So that was a, that was a very creative uh, time of my life. Like, you know, being 30 in a, in a room and everybody has something like, a, I don't know, it can be your bottle and everybody's making a big beat together, you mm-hmm. know, just those... You know, at 1 a.m. because everybody of all the apartment are all there, so yeah. <laughs> it's not a problem. So did it you was fun. Create a lot of bands through that. Uh, yes and no. A lot of musicians that afterward I I played with them, but not necessarily in that period. Mm-hmm. You know, afterward too. But yeah, made good friends, very very uh, good friends. And were you in a band at this time? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was in a. Uh, a guy I knew who was um, a writer, and uh, he he had like kind of a blues, but lyrics oriented uh, band. So yeah, I was playing with some friends, and the the the, the guitarist in that for a while was uh, Martin, which was in the Mojos, the oh, okay. you know the the big six tree guy, uh, yeah, guitar player, guitar player, yeah. So that that uh, one of the first band I uh, I was uh, with him, we played top forty together too. He was a good guitar player. Yeah, he he was. He's still. Yeah. Yeah. We just started back uh, some uh, oh, some really? uh, some jamming with those guys, and you know what we did? Like me and Martin, we were both teachers uh, at the school where I teach. So uh, I teach for fifteen semester. So like seven year and a half at the at this school, and he was a teacher there, and so it was, we met, we played in band. I played with so much band with him. So with the the, the bassist LP, which everyone everyone call El Penis, but uh, <laughs> he's very tall. I don't know. <laughs> it's it's he, his name. He has a shafty look. <laughs> he has a shafty look, and <laughs> and he's not mad about it. And like. Like, hey, Alpinus, that's me, baby. <laughs> like he's proud. Oh he has a proudness God. about it. I don't know. It's it's just that's funny. Goofy. Yeah, that's it's goofy. Funny. It's goofy. Yeah. And uh, so what we were doing, we were um, you know teaching on Fridays, and afterward just staying in the teaching school and just jamming. We we jam so much before doing songs, before even recording. We we jam for a long time. So we developed, I think, uh, a sound together mm-hmm. that uh, I I did not find in other like I, I had other cool projects it's not that but that special groove or understanding what the other one is going to mm-hmm. do or uh, I had it more with those guys so um, and we stopped uh, one year after playing in the Deezies so we parted away um, 
for different reasons, but they, after playing a DZ record, yeah, like the year after, it's why we didn't go, uh, we didn't uh, um, come to uh, to the DZ fest afterwards. Yeah, we were not a band, and we it just happened. It was mm. complicated, and uh, so uh, yeah, because I remember wanting you guys to play DZ fest. Yeah, yeah, that would have I think been it was 2017, awesome. Seventeen, yeah, yeah, exactly, and uh, so we stopped there, mm-hmm. and we just started back this. Uh, this summer and honestly i it's not the mojos we're starting back just new music we want to we uh, we all you know if like there was evolution of every one of us mm-hmm. during that time musically so we want to do something i think some of it maybe uh, we have a sound together but uh, still it's new and i mean just playing with those guys you know there's a lot of guts mm-hmm. A lot of improvisation with those guys too. So when you improvise, it's kind of your guts on the table. You know, mm-hmm. it's uh, it, and, you, know, uh, you you have to have a lot of trust. Yeah, and you guys established a lot of trust. Uh, oh yeah, so much, so much, so much. So oh man, it's uh, it's a pleasure to play with them. Honestly, and uh, I don't know. Maybe we won't do anything. Like we already have songs starting to, uh, you know, to uh, to shape. But uh, maybe we'll do nothing. I I don't mind just just the you know the action of doing that of, yeah. of putting it on on the table and playing. You know when you look at someone and uh, it's happening in a way. Uh, just that it's a it's a you know mm-hmm. it's, it's good a, for it's the mind a, a and true the soul. Connection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So right now you're in a place where you're just playing music for fun, but not yeah. really trying to play a bunch of gigs, shows. No, I don't. Now I have my uh, my little girl. I'm working a lot too, so uh, I already don't see her as much as I want. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to to f- to focus a lot of time. She's she's young now. She's 15 months, so uh, she'll get older too and everything. But um, so no, I, I'm okay with this. And I, as I was telling you uh, when you st- we started, like if I had to choose something. I I still go with listening music. That's my first passion. Listening to music. Yeah, yeah, and uh, collecting records. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you I know. like that too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, the action of just sitting and or discussing about music. Yeah, or, talking about it, listening to it. Yeah. Even the activities you do when you listen to it, either playing a video game, um, having a drink, playing chess, having kind of reminiscing uh, yeah. a date, reminis- or talking to family. Relaxing with friends, smoking weed, whatever it is. Yeah. Everything about it is always enjoyable. A bonfire on the boat, planting in the yard, you know, if you're working on stuff in the yeah. yard. It's always, exactly. to me, so, it's always associated with something so, good. But I like, I really like to, to play live. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling good on a stage. There's no problem about it. But uh, if it's not happening, uh, I don't... Um, I don't feel bad about it or, uh, you know, I'm mm-hmm. not missing something either. So basically was, uh, what I, I want, uh, I want to, to tell is uh, if we have the chance to gig a little or do festival or do some things, like, we'll do it. It's going to be fun. But I, I'm, I'm not planning on having something too big that I'll, uh, like uh, the, the country band I was playing, uh, like a country rock band, like there was a lap steel uh, player and uh, you know it, that was uh, the band after uh, the Mojos. Mm-hmm. It was another band, and the singer like he's a he's a really good. It was really more like singer oriented 
this band. And Le Seigneur has a good voice and he's uh, in a few bands. But like, he has a normal job too. But him, he, every weekend, he's gone gigging. And he travels a lot in different places in Quebec and everything. Like for me, that it's good for him. He likes it very much, and that's perfect. But that's a bit too much for me too. Yeah. You know, like uh, I can I cannot do both at the same time. No, it's not for everyone. Yeah, the yeah, touring exactly. musician, touring comedian. Um, anyone who has to, even artists who do a lot of uh, shows like um. Artists who like sell artwork and they go yeah. to a bunch of events. Anytime where you're traveling a lot for work, even other jobs that have it, it's hard. But the professional corporate jobs that have it, it's not nearly as hard as it is when you're sleeping on couches, yeah, yeah tenting exactly. ten outside, sleeping in basements, sleeping on a table. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. When when people have to travel a lot for work, which is still stressful, but they have nice hotels and the company's, the condition and the company's paying for it. <laughs> I, I hate to break it to you guys, but it's not as bad. <laughs> Usually, <laughs> yeah. you're probably paid well to do it. Most jobs, we have to travel off of work. You're, you're, you're taking care of well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm not taking anything away from them because those are still hard and taxing on your body and like yeah. personal life and family and stuff. But when you're doing that, making next to nothing, like just enough to get by, like what they pay you is paying for the trip. Like you have to pay for the trip yourself. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then you sleep on someone's couch. You don't know them. It's not safe. You're borrowing equipment. You're not showering as it, often it, as you'd it, like. It, I mean, the list like, goes on. There's a lot of good story coming back oh, from the best, the, the best stories. The best but stories. in the end, like for you, the most fun, you're still sore, sore after that. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. I mean, the most fun I have is when I travel to record, to help with events, to put on stuff, to do podcasts with the yeah. equipment, and all of it, flying in the air with it or driving with it. It's always so much fun. I love yeah. it, but it, man, it's a lot of work. It's wild, but I I wouldn't trade it. I wouldn't trade it at all. But um, I couldn't do the full time when that's all you do is tour and you're on the road 200, oh, 300 days a year. No, no, it's no, too that's, much. That's for sure. You definitely can't have a sense of a normal life. And the only time it works for people, they're paid really well. You yeah. know, famous, you know, comedians and actors that travel off work. Yeah, when the, they're paid millions like of dollars. In that case, it's really it, different. It pays for itself. allows you to pay for a like a, a home taker or home or someone who could take care of the home. And why am I drawing a blank? What did it say? Home care. I don't even know. <laughs> uh, like a, not like a maid, but someone to take care of the home. If you have a kid, yeah, babysit yeah, yeah. like a nanny. Because uh, you make so much money, you can do that. But for those who don't make a lot of money, they can't oh, afford man, I, that. I have so much respect, you know, for the kind of the little bands, mm-hmm. but that, you know, they go, they, like, they do very good music, but, you know, they're not necessarily going to the radio or to big venues yeah. and, and just continuing and uh, you know trying to grind that yeah. uh, that thing and uh, oh man like it's uh, it's a dedication so much respect oh yeah a lot of yeah. respect for that a lot of these bands you see here are, yeah. are those kind of bands that have been doing it for they a long do it time. for the music it's for only music. it's only uh, it's only for that yeah so basically it's it's kind of what I want to do like I'm we'll do we're doing it for the music just for the the act of um, like playing together, mm-hmm. if we have songs, hey man, that's cool. I think we'll do uh, we'll have some, but you know the action of doing it. So in in itself, that pays for me. You know, that, yeah. Uh, that were the, the the trip to to go to my friends in the other city and to to spend hours there and everything. So and after that, but if we have few gigs uh, for anything, I like playing live. Uh, it's another energy. It's uh, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, 
in the mojos what I was uh, what I liked we had moment in our song that uh, the the crowd was reacting a bit you know mm-hmm. solos or uh, some cut you know rhythmic yeah. rhythmic cut or thing like that that uh, that were oh surprising yeah. so I really liked the when if people start uh, you know whistling or uh, you know yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> that gives you the the energy with the with the crowd is very different than just playing uh, oh yeah. Yeah, when you play, I'm I'm sure you've experienced this, but when you have like band practice and a song like get glues together and it comes together, you have that feeling you just described, but you only have it with your bandmates where everyone's kind of like lost and feeling this together, like this symbiotic thing of yeah, we hit the right melody, right rhythm, the right textures, the right dynamics, right volume, um, the right amount of voices yeah. and it all the, comes at together. the right place yeah. but no one's around like no there's no fans yeah. you're just in your basement or a studio or rental place and it has that amazing moment I wish I could put that, that into a bottle and sell it it's hard to explain it because when you're yeah. with a crowd that gives you feedback and stress which evokes a different type of emotion and when it starts when they yell or cheer or sing along with you but when you have it without anybody and you still feel it I think that's what Motivates a lot of yeah. musicians. When we uh, when we uh, recorded um, the the Mojo's album, uh, we wanted to uh, to do it live for that. Mm-hmm. And I know, like I've recorded other records with, uh, you know, like separately with a click, and like you know, you can replace everything afterwards. You know, it's uh, it's different. But the, 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 this magic, you know, it was still amps in the boots and uh, mm-hmm. baffled thing. off and stuff but um, the guy he had a, a, an old restaurant so there was this main room that was really really uh, like long mm-hmm. I don't know maybe 60 feet oh wow you know big rectangle where they used to have uh, people dining like having mm-hmm. supper and things like that there and we just put uh, I have an old drum it's an old Ludwig, like the 67 Ludwig. Oh, wow, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, oh, it's beautiful and it's uh, it's perfect. And um, so I had this drum and it was, the bass drum is, is empty and it's, he sings, you know? Yeah. How many <laughs> he, inches is the Ludwig bass drum? Oh, it's a, it's a 20 by, by uh, 16. Oh, it's small. Uh, no, 22, sorry, sorry. The, the normal one. Okay, normal. Yeah, 22 by uh, 16, yeah, sorry. Okay. No, normal. And um, so, yeah, and uh, I tuned it, you know, so he would sing. And we just put the drum in the middle of that room. So there was so so room, and a lot, we used a lot of, uh, you know... Uh, room mics? Yeah, room mics, good room mics yeah. to capture that. So in the end, it yeah. gives a special sound to the album. Yeah, but uh, you like it, you hate it. But uh, uh, just the feeling to play in that room, oh, man, it was amazing. Yeah, it, it really would breathe so much, Very so much re- reverberant space. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I liked it that that, that experience. We we wanted to do it like that to uh, to have this uh, special sound to uh, mm-hmm. to it. And that uh, that was very fun. And I like the in the end, I like uh, how the the results came out. Yeah. That's cool. I, I have heard that record. I know that record. Yeah. It does have a big drum sound. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Exactly. And so you guys did it live? No click track? No click track. I hate click track. <laughs> I, uh, you never record like that? So I normally don't. The records I've made as of late have not been to a click track, and I never really like them. I've made my, fir- my first band, Wilshire. I made those to click track, but that's because I made them alone. 
and like I didn't have a band. I had to make them and then have the band like play on them and stuff. Yeah, just yeah. by the nature of it. Also, was new to it, and I thought you had. To, I always thought you had to use metronome because you started doing like recordings and uh, you know. Yeah, it started with getting deep, first. deepening like deeper. I mean, uh, in that thing. Yeah. Where? Well, like what in time? Two thousand and so I I got my first four track cassette recorder in two thousand six, and then I got a digital recorder. Like a eight track digital recorder with two XLR inputs, this Tascam one in 2009. And then in 2010, I did some recordings with that too. I used that for two years. And then in 2011, I bought like a PreSonus audio. In Wilshire, the thing you were talking about. In Wilshire, that was 2010 to 2016, we ended. And then 2011, 12, and 14, we did, I did three records in a row. All right. That were quite long records. And the nature of them, they're much uh, atmospheric. Yeah, yeah. Sound art. I've listened to uh, right. a bit so to your music. Was, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It, it, so it was not easy to play that live. It layers not hundreds easy, of tracks. Not easy to, to record for first experience. Like, yeah. <laughs> not, no, it was no. not. It was my first time ever recording was that. And you, you started hardcore. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for those listening, I mean, it was it was a big feat and undertaking. In hindsight, I realized how much it was to do. It's about five hours of music over three records. So it would be if I were putting out like 25, 26-minute albums, which is very modern indie rock does that, I would have put out like 9, 10, 12, 13 records in three years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's how much content there was. Every song's connected. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah exactly. Via storytelling and music theory. And thematically speaking, they're connected. And then... All the albums are connected. So you can totally put on the first song on the first record all the way to the last song on the last record. And it's one long song with no stopping. Oh, yeah. It was so hard. Oh, then. oh <laughs> yeah, yeah. To come up with ideas of how to do that, I would spend hours and days. How do yeah. I make this connect? How do I do that? Oh, man. That's intense. It was intense, especially I was 21 when I started it. And I finished it at 24. Like, I've had thoughts of a fourth record, but I don't know yet. Like uh, the King Gizzard album, yeah. Nanagon Infinity. Yeah, just you know, kind of like just... that. Just goes and goes and goes. And the cool, my my favorite thing was trying to find a way to connect albums to albums, to where like there's no stoppage. You, does the 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 last one connect with the first yeah. one? Oh, <laughs> the perfect circle, you know. So no, technically it doesn't. It, I, that was that a, would have been. I awesome, wanted to do though. that, except I started. I thought of that after I was making the records because I started the first one with a fade. I wanted it to fade in like it's the birth. Like it yeah, music, yeah. it didn't just start, it fades in slowly. Okay, yeah. So I guess the only way to do it would be the last record before I'm done forever is you fade it out at the same gradual slope as the yeah. way it fades into the first record. So it, that's the only way it could kind of have this almost perfect infinity loop. Yeah. Oh, but that's yeah. awesome. That's, a, that's an awesome idea. Yeah, I mean... That, yeah, that was a lot of work. That actually got me really into recording. I learned yeah. so much through that process of hundreds of tracks. All the session you're doing, uh, with the video, the, the sound, everything. There's a, You brought a lot of quality to the table, man. Yeah. Uh, congrats for that. Thank uh, you. Like in your basement. With in your the basement. Thing. I know, it's maternal dingy, bassy, or a bass leaking. Like it leaked so much in that basement. Oh it, yeah. Uh, whenever it would rain, it would leak. It was and I had all that equipment. I always had to move it. I throw towels down. I had weird ways I would hang up towels and create mechanisms to catch water and have it drain to a garbage can. <laughs> oh would, no. I'll cross equipment. We're talking all these amps and guitars, and it was just in there amongst. It was brutal. All this artwork. <laughs> so it definitely was frustrating, but I'm glad it was hard. It made me 
try harder, struggle more. Yeah. I'm a big, big believer in, in suffering and pain, <laughs> you know, as long as it's not dangerous to you. But yeah, yeah I, I'm glad it wasn't easy and none of it was easy. And I pushed it a little hard because I don't know, it's, it's still hard now, but it has such a strong foundation. DZ Records, DZ yeah. Fest, podcast, the music, that it, I can do things in an easier way now. You know, like when you have all the equipment, like I was telling you earlier, you could take your sweet time making an album. I, when I was younger and I first started, I always would rush the records. I was like, yeah. I got to get this out and play shows and show people. And I'm like, man, now I'm like, I'll take years to make an, an album. I don't care. It doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. Just, you realize it doesn't matter. Yeah. The pressure is very arbitrary. But I'm, I'm also not making music for a living to try to tour on. So I have no, yeah, yeah, yeah. no it's, pressure. It's not the same pressure, you know? Mm -mm, mm. Not at all. Yeah. So would you, when you were younger, before like making the decision for accounting versus music, you still always kind of leaned, leaned towards accounting? Uh, no, until uh, until I made that choice in my head, I was doing music uh, mm. until like wanted to go to university. Like my original setup was like Cegep, university, then uh, I would be gigging. Teaching was... Uh, I think I would have been more, uh, if I, I would have been making a living out of it, I think the teaching would have been the, the good way for me. I think I was a pretty good teacher. How many uh, classes would you teach? Uh, when I was in, uh, like for the, the, the time I was there, I had around 20 students. 20 students. So somewhere like 30, 30, 45 an hour. Oh, a mix you of that. lessons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got it. But uh, yeah, yeah, but, but different people, you know, twenty mm -hmm. different people at the time. That was yeah. my pretty much my average, I would say. So maybe I don't know, fourteen, fifteen hours of teaching per, okay. per week. So it was like a part time gig. Yeah. To do on top of other job. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. For a time, I was still working for um, for my father, mm. like at the gas station or uh, for him in the, the administration. But uh, then I, I left that and I, I did only music for maybe, I don't know, five years. Okay. But, you know, it was part job. It was, I was in the university at the same time. But, oh. you know, I was only doing music for at least five years, five, six. So, yeah, a lot of teaching. But teaching, I, I loved it so much. Uh, I don't know... Uh, um, the the, the, the the exact maybe word in English, but you know when you have the ability to uh, simplify something to yeah. someone. Mm -hmm. In the French, we say vulgariser, and uh, so I uh, I learned that a lot, and mm -hmm. that is still uh, important in my job. Yeah, too, because you know sometimes I'm making the link between sometimes something that can be a bit like with the taxes or something in accounting a bit complicated then I have to explain to people that the, it's not their specialty, you know, mm -hmm. all the rules or things like that. What's the big picture of it? And trying to simplify. And that teaching really helped me for that. And I, I, I loved it. Uh, that makes sense. Yeah. I, I, I think every job you do in your life, you, maybe not every, every, but you often learn something from it. Even Absolutely. If, yeah, different thing. Could be uh, serving clients or... Uh, like certain parts of your personality, or uh, but that at that time was uh, was good for me. I like it very much. Could have done that uh, a long time, I think. And the proudness too to see the evolution. Like I was, you know, I was good at keeping students. 
Like, uh, you know, you always have a flow of some people that are not coming back. But I had a lot of students for like four years, five years, you know, the different stretch. Yeah. Yeah. Few years. So you saw a huge growth of their life. Yeah. At the end, uh, my uh, my students, it's two of my students that took back my, <laughs> the, the, you know, my job. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. So you taught them how to do what you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, those two guys, there was a... Uh, some other that uh, that be- became pretty good too, mm-hmm. but uh, those two guys one uh, went to a McGill University in uh, in Montreal in jazz, which is the best uh, I in my opinion the best jazz university for drum in, and in Canada in Canada in Montreal. So he went that and now he's uh, he's a professional drummer and uh, plays a lot of jazz in Montreal. Uh, he's touring, uh, you know. He's uh, he's living from uh, from music and he, he was awesome. my uh, my student for like maybe five six wow. years. Wow, it's so, all because of you. Uh, uh, yeah, but you know, in a way, I don't mean no. Yeah, but <laughs> in a way, because uh, I think what I gave him, yeah, the basis and everything. But I think I I was there uh, a good person to give him the love of music. Mm-hmm. Then. Yeah, like Cégep University, learn like to be a professional musician. The skills way more than uh, what I give gave him. I gave him the basis, inspiration, like five years you know. of drumming, you know. But but the the technical, the most technical things you know now, he, he probably learned them after. But he already thanked me many many years after he stopped uh, taking classes with me. He thanked me for uh, for that for like. Oh. Like I had, you gave me new music to yeah. listen, new, uh, like my horizon was like, you know, you, you opened them. broadened horizon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. So wow. that, 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 was, uh, that was something I love from the, the teaching yeah. process, you know. The yeah, in- that's the one beautiful thing about teaching. You know, yeah. you, you can truly impact and change people's lives. Yeah. Yeah. It's why it should be a more respected and more financially uh, compensated job. Because it's so important, and it's it's really stressful. I mean, it's a lot to like be on your toes and be really sharp for yeah. hours on end while explaining, 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 having every answer, knowing where to point people in the right direction if you don't have the answer, giving, doing your work in your field so that way you can apply it and teach it. You, so you always have to keep doing your work. You can't just slack off and not be relevant in your situation as a drummer or as a, as a musician. So you have to always actively do that. So you can pass that lived experience and knowledge to your your students in real time and learn how to simplify it, but not and also learn how to gauge it. How how advanced should I go right now? How every student's different. Yeah. You know, you might have had two students that were ten, but one almost felt like they were playing as if they were fifteen, the other one almost felt like they were playing as if they were seven. How do you the same it could be two boys, they could be the same from the same background, same age, but have two very different skill sets. How do I apply my life, what I know, my own studies and experience to accommodate each individual person? And yeah, it's yeah. really hard. People think like, oh, I'm just teaching this class, therefore I just cast out the net and they like catch it and we're good. It's like, no, it could be one subject matter. And then within that, there's 20 students, like in my situation, I have a class of 20 kids and each have a different knowledge, background, they're from a different place in the country. Yeah. They have they had different means growing up. Some were trained, some were not. Some have equipment, some don't. Some are just curious. Some want to do it for a career. Some yeah. just a hobby. And to make sense of all of that with no help, and then figure out a way to implement it and explain it all. Be strict, but not be too harsh. 
be fair, but be because uh, conse- have consequences. For you because you're, you're teaching in university, right? Yeah, two different so schools. So you, yeah. yeah, you you didn't have like, or maybe you 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 you, yeah, you had one, but uh, it was not a complete program over teaching. Like I have friend teaching high school or teaching primary, like they mm. did their university in teaching. Yeah, you know how what to I teach mean? pedagogy. How to te- yeah. yeah, exactly. So in your you're a specialist in your domain. Yeah, you know, I'm a your, specialist in my situation. But you didn't, you didn't necessarily learn no, I didn't how learn to, uh, you no. know. So it's, it, it's all what I, my craft and what I do and what I went to school for, but it, we didn't so really it's, learn it's how to So it's your feeling in a, in a way, mm-hmm. and you develop many uh, ways to, to right. explain it and everything, I'm sure. But uh, still, you uh, yeah, you were let loose in that field, you know. You let loose, <laughs> and, then I, and the class I teach, I designed and came up with, so it's even more in like my mind and my experiences. And there's a lot of technical stuff that's objective and has you know empirical d- data of how sound works and physics and electronics and things. But there's a lot of subjective stuff. Like, for example, next semester, spring 2024, I'm teaching an audio production one class, which is more technical. Okay. But then a sound design class, which is more subjective and more creative and uses a lot more um, Im- imagination in the yeah, process. Yeah. But then a music theory class, which is like all technical – No subjectivity there. It's all audio theory. But then a mixing and mastering class, which, which has is, yeah. a little bit of technical, but then everything with what you do is all subjective. Everything about mixing is subjective. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Aside from how it was captured and how you're exporting it, those are the two technical things. The bookends. Everything within that book and on each side, all subjective. You can do whatever you want. There's a million ways, a million ways to mix a song. Uh There are certain styles people like to model their mixes off of. But for the most part, I mean, you could do anything. And in fact, the subjectivity and creativity in mixing has been another leading factor into why we have so many genres, cross styles, cross genres from different backgrounds. Because if everyone stuck to the same formula of how to mix something, you'd get a little bit of sterilization going on in in music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, to have... In that. Yeah, yeah. So to have the creative... Music that comes from different cultures around the world, and some bands, uh, their signature is the mix. Yeah, in a way, like I, um, I listen a lot to the 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 last uh, Fiona Apple album. You know, Fiona uh, Apple, yeah, yeah, like um, um, uh, Fetch the Bolt Cutter, mm-hmm. and the mix of that, that album is so weird. It's so raw in a way. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like. That could be another song, and with that mix, and I would say, oh, that's that's that. It's the signature, I think, of this mm-hmm. album. So, I, in some band, the mix is important, like where the the you know what you do with the the voices or uh, yeah, how you place them, how do you pan them, what yeah. levels are they at, what kind of effects, what kind of equalization, compression, reverb. I mean, the list goes on. Yeah, Art, exactly. There's so many techniques. There's styles. Do you want the vocals to come in for one second to emphasize one word on that syllable then to cut out? If they do come in, do you want harmonies? Do you want melody? Do you want octaves up lower? Like, do you want it to sound like a robot? Do you want it to have yeah, auto-tune yeah. on it? Like, if so, how much and why? Like, it, it gets, I like it because it has so many technical elements to it. Then creativity, then philosophy, psychology, sociology, We're in 2023, so there's also expectations of how things should be presented in sound, how loud they are in their mix, how loud they are in mastering. I mean, it goes and goes and goes. So it's. I'm glad I have four very different classes. Do you do the, the masterings too? Yeah, 
Yeah. Do you think it's uh, it should be always done by two people, two different people? So, yeah. So normally, for those listening, there are normally three to four positions in a standard nice studio and where there's enough money to have different people. Uh, you're going to have the band or the talent or the client. And then you're going to have a producer. Sometimes it is a person in the band. Sometimes it's the whole band. Sometimes it's just an external person that yes. is an ideal person that might not necessarily know a lot of technical stuff. They just have an ear for ideas and can voice thoughts, help be like the conductor for the music and do things product in a production way. Sometimes they do no more, more technical stuff and they can almost lean into being an engineer and a producer. There's no right or wrong. There's just a spectrum of this. Then there's the engineer or an audio engineer. Usually they're the people choosing the gear, the microphone, the preamp, the placement, the space, the levels on the preamp, how it's getting into the DAW, which is your software, digital audio workstation. And that's like their job. All the process of putting the music, putting music on from a, the instruments through the microphones and that signal flow to getting it into your DAW. Yeah. Then from there, you might have a mixing engineer whose job mixing and editing to take all that stuff and blend it together using natural volume changing, natural panning for panoramic movement across mm -hmm. the speaker, uh, different frequency situation and movement, which is equalization. And then compression, reverb, any effects, distortion, time-based modulations, artifacting stuff, whatever it is, they're deciding all of those things. And they could be under building the, the sh shaping, shaping, the building, yeah. and molding and blending the song because it goes in raw. It needs to be put mm -hmm. into something else. And then after that, you'll have a mastering engineer, and their job is to take the final stereo mix uh, and a stereo interleaved file, and it's usually a wave file. If you're an Apple, it could be an I or AIFF file. And they are there to do a couple different things, but on average, they're there to equalize the track as a whole. The track is now one stereo file, so you can't equalize individual sections very well anymore, mm -hmm. like just guitar or just drums. Everything's going to affect it's the next the total, thing. Yeah. So you equalize it as a whole, how it feels and sits and sounds sonically in a cohesive way. Then a little bit of compression, usually a multi-band compressor, which means you're allowed to have multiple ranges you can compress. And that varies from song to song and what you're going for. And then... Mastering affects the pleasure you get from listening to a record a lot, I think. Yeah, it, it affects a lot. Because uh, it, it, it smoothens... It the, smooths the, out the dynamic changes. Yeah. In a song that's unmastered, you have a lot more dynamic changes. What I mean by that is the loudest sound and the quietest sound are going to vary tremendously in volume, measured in decibels yeah. from each other. When it gets mastered, that ratio gets squished down a little bit. Um, and then you add either a limiter, hard limiter, or adapted limiter, depending on your software. And that you use to bring the song up all together in volume. Six, seven, eight, nine decibels, bring the whole thing in volume. So it's at this normal or nominal level on streaming services, on vinyl, on CD, where it sounds pretty much just as loud as the next song. Um, there's two big things that happen though are kind of funny when it comes to music production. Why I think we love music and songs so much and varying in production is based on what they can give to you. Why we like a live record like what you did that probably had more live mixing and live mastering done to it. 
uh, because it breathes and it has energy and you could feel it and you can connect with it. But then why might like a more polished like pop album, maybe we'll say like a, a Katy Perry or Britney Spears or something like that. Why like that is it's so polished and it's mastered so heavily that there's not much volume change. Yeah. So it almost hits you in a way that it has energy and it has movement because there is barely any quiet to loud parts. It's just one solid loud sound like amalgamation of frequencies that are not natural in human existence. You can't hear things like that. Yeah. So we manipulate it and it has this whole new sound and that's like does a lot of you psychologically. When you hear something you can't hear in nature ever, it sounds strange and that's where loud rock music, EDM, pop music where it has this like heavily mastered and mixed quality to it, it's a very unnatural sound. And to simplify for people who don't know or can't follow what I'm saying, if you hear like an acoustic guitar right in front of you, it's not that loud. We'll call it, I don't know, 75 decibels. It's not that loud. But then you can also have a drum kit played right in front of you. And that is loud. You can have That can hit up to 110 decibels, way louder. Then why is it on a record when you're listening to an acoustic song with someone whispering and singing softly with a drum kit and a bass? They're all the same volume. They wouldn't be. That that trick of manipulating things that don't have a place to be that loud, like a say a, a quiet. Or the delicate. band must have a lot of dynamics together, like the like acoustic band. If they play in front of you and without mics or anything, they can play a you know a show and they can do that. That's what I love of seeing little bar shows. Oh yeah, when they can do those dynamics, you know, you can hear the singer perfectly but he's singing not that loud yeah. you know in the in the mix general and then the band can uh, can grow with the yeah, song I, I like the, those dynamics it's so fun it's so it it it, it kind of makes the mixing and the mastering naturally when you have good players yeah you know absolutely I they live more. they live through it you know what i they mean they let they do it for you yeah exactly I, absolutely that's why w- which you can't you can't really do in a record not that much no, it's harder it's harder it's yeah. harder it's you need the guy like you <laughs> yeah. yeah it's harder the live mixing the live video sessions is so much easier because i'm just capturing what they literally just did like yeah. the volumes they're at when they change and they ebb and flow I'm just capturing that yeah. and doing a little bit of processing the back and not much. A little bit of reverb, a little bit of EQ, but most of the EQ is quite passive and I'm just doing um, high-pass filters and like blocking out like low rumbles of stuff. Like the overheads, they don't... On this kit, because I have so much close miking, I don't really need to get the low end of the drum kit okay. to clean up the mix that I don't have the guitars bleed in. I filter out some of the low end. Like, there's just things like that, but I'm not really changing anything. I'm just filtering out some low stuff, cleaning it up, making yep. it more transparent. Yeah, yeah. A little bit of compression because, man, do humans really love compression. <laughs> it, it is an unnatural thing that doesn't really happen much. I mean, we get a little bit of compression going on in our ears naturally, but it's nothing compared to what you can it, do in the it, software. I, I really like like the old music, but... I have music from every era. Um, I like the 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 history, no, uh, uh, historical part of it. Historical, the, historical. Sorry, yeah. yeah, historical part of it. Like, uh, like, and it changed so much. You you listen to records in the early sixties to like seventy five, and you just see the level of con- <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, compression, like well, the level, <laughs> the volume in general. 
uh, yeah. like the output they can get at because once they were able to move the two inch tape. And especially by like 1980, when they and go, particularly the drums on the drums, oh, yeah. uh, well, like, the drums it, really take off. Or in like 79 to 80, I believe they go from 15 inches per second to 30 inches per second. Okay. The fidelity and tape gets a lot better. Okay, get a lot more low end and a lot more clarity. And you can hear it happen in the late 70s and early 80s, and bringing in CDs and going digital. That whole technology pushing, I mean, technology has made music and art come through so much more, but music and art has given technology a reason to create that technology for it. Yeah, yeah. Symbiotic, again, you need them. I, I'm very much yeah. against when people are saying, like, cutting the arts, budgeting, like, take the budget away for the arts, focus on stems. It's like, all right, have fun living a life without art. It's you, everyone's going to shoot themselves in the head in like 10 years. <laughs> yeah. For real, if you took away all creativity, I mean, we would crumble we're as a society. We're talking a lot about music, but it's the same thing, music, when it's everywhere. It's everywhere. Like, even people that don't really care about music, in fact, they live with music. At the store, on the, the TV, time. in the movies, and yeah. there's always music playing almost everywhere. Like even at the job, often people have uh, like some phone, a company phone, they mm -hmm. would play music in mm -hmm. the time or maybe still uh, today. So it's the same thing. We lived surrounding by it. And uh, when there's no sound, it's cool. It, there's something to the silence that is very fun, but there's not so much silence around <laughs> You no, know. you're gonna hear the highway, cars, neighbors, yeah, radio, ra well, yeah. songs, or anything. No music. It is uh, a, a quote I have of myself is that it it's the lubrication of all existence. It's what keeps things moving and yeah, yeah. smooth and not overheating. And I mean that metaphorically. And keep it can change everything. It. it I will never fully understand it. It's such a complicated thing as to why we gravitate towards music so much. I mean, a lot of it has to do with our brains, survival, communicating, procreation, evolution, where pattern recognition is really key for humans. We tend to do something called chunking in our mind of threes and fours. That's why every number, credit card, cell phone number, birth date, all of it's in either threes or fours or twos and fours. And so is our time signatures for music theory. Yeah, it's yeah. either three, four, or a variation of it. If it's five, it means it could be two and three or three and two. If it's seven, it's four and three. Like either way, it's a variation of a three yeah, or yeah. four. Yeah, and I, I think it's because our short attention span, but ability to make sense within that chunking in our mind and create a pattern because a pattern we can make sense of and then predict the next movement. Yeah. And why we, you know, as a species for survival, we need that. And then pitch so he can communicate with each other, and make sense of the animals around us. You put pitch and patterns together enough, and, and eventually it could even lead to, like, what, what peacocks move around and have bright colors. I think we might have used song and dance for mate yeah. calling for a long time ago. Now, uh, you know, I have a 15-month daughter, I told you. Yeah. And uh, I noticed, like, since she's born, her relationship with sounds and even rhythm and music. Like the rhythm, I don't know, maybe not for every uh, child, every children, but the rhythm comes first from the, the child I've saw in my I've seen in my life, I mean. And like it, it's crazy when you do 
you just hold a, a snapping beat, you know, mm-hmm. uh, in front of a baby and oh, notice something is happening. Like there's 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 something, you know, that have the same rhythm. And the same thing with uh, my little girl. I I see her like trying to 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 uh, oh sorry to um, you know tap rhythms on herself or like I'm a drummer. I have drums at home and. Uh, she loves so much to to come and do music with me like i'm just i have two drums you know one jazz and one rock drum i just sit her on the drum and we we play together she just hits mm-hmm. you know thumbs or anything but uh the 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 the, the relationship that the, or when i was putting music you know i did it really really, really early I think she was two hours uh, old when I uh, I sing her first uh, drum beat with my mouth. I wanted to do it quickly, <laughs> so <laughs> she'll uh, she'll uh, she'll be uh, used to it. But uh, then uh, listening music together, so I I've seen it growing in her mind, kind of live, you know, with yeah. uh, with someone, and I thought it was amazing, like how when some things is repeating mm-hmm. itself, like how they notice it when they're big like young, that yeah. very very young and it's impressive so yeah it's uh that that was uh i never lived you know i, I was with uh, young children before babies but you know not mine not every day the evolution right seeing the whole process the process oh yeah man uh, mm-hmm. it was amazing uh really to to see that to live that since the the past 15 months it's sure you know i listen to a lot of records i play music so i know she's you know in maybe more than uh in another home, but mm-hmm. uh, but still like the developing that uh, that sense for it and uh, yeah. So you show her a lot of music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You show her like every style, just everything. Yeah. Uh, no, I've put something rocking thing. Yeah, you know, more heavy, but not that much. I never, I didn't went too far. Not Pantera, but, no heavy metal. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> not not for now, not for now. <laughs> but yeah, different style. She liked the groovy stuff. Yeah. Is she no, talking? Like uh, she's she's starting uh, slowly. Like she uh, she she doesn't um, do sentences, but she can make like you'll understand what she wants. Yeah, food, uh, different food, or uh, like she wants you to come to. Uh, she'll say like Bob, Mom, and things like that, uh, and uh, like banana or uh, little, uh, and it's not even complete. But yeah, she's starting uh, for like the. Two three past months, we're uh, we're really, really like starting to understand what she wants, and we can communicate more with her. So that that's that's really cool, uh, really cool too. But yeah, and uh, like seeing your your child dance, even at a very young age, you know, that's all part of the yeah. process. Like she's seeing that it can flows in her body. You know, mm-hmm. it's special too. We love the dance. Humans yeah, love it's the dance. it's natural. So natural. Yeah, I I think it might have showed. Um, agility and mobility yeah, and youth, you know, and I it also I don't it gets a little physiologically speaking, it gets to a little bit of a um sort of a spiritual thing I can't explain. Yeah, yeah. You know, sure. I, I'm not saying a deity religion type of thing, but it it certainly doesn't feel very animalistic and, a, and it just uh, it's just straight biology there's something else I yeah. can't fathom it you know I'm trying I like to, to play African be different there's so much you know different culture have different and I don't know them all that's for sure but uh, I love to practice African beat 
on drumming, it's so uh, mesmerizing in mm. a way, you know, and mm -hmm. uh, like the way it grooves together, the, the roots of, you know, the roots of the sound of the, the percussion, the, mm -hmm. uh, the beats. Uh, I, I, like, I like it very much. It's, uh, and it's very good on the drum to, uh, you know, to, to learn different things, like the independence of mm -hmm. all the members. Mm -hmm. Because in so, some country, like, it was not meant on, to play on a drum and different people were doing all those. Same for Latin music, in fact. Yeah. Different people, like, the, the bass drum you're doing it, but normally it's just a guy doing that rhythm. Yeah. And then another person, yeah, he's just doing that rhythm. And mm -hmm. the, the thing you're doing on the ride, it was some, someone maybe mm -hmm. with a cobble. Or with, someone's just someone. doing congas yeah. or bongos, you know. So it's a mixed up of, of many beats that create the whole... The whole thing, you know. So it's really good uh, to, uh, to to practice those those, those kind of beats. But uh, yeah, I like uh, I like the, the I like the roots of music, mm -hmm. like the historical. Uh, I was uh, saying earlier, like the the history of music behind it. What made all the, you know, the mix and uh, to to that uh, that came to Latin music or rock or blues music or mm -hmm. and uh, you know the tree kind of music, every branches. Yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting. Even like Mexican music is fascinating because it's so many cultures influenced it. Like even uh, Germans and Austrians, I believe it's Germans influenced Mexican music tremendously, bringing the accordion over to Mexico. Oh, yeah. That polka style music. Yeah, when yeah. you listen to Mexican music, it has a polka style feel to it. If okay. you know Eastern European music, German yeah. and Polish music. I never thought about that. Yeah. That makes sense. Makes sense. But then with them, they have, before that, then Spanish music mixed though but then they have tribes there they have you know the mayans and aztecs and whatnot so you mix native american music which is a whole different kind of music a lot of rhythmic based stuff yeah then you mix it with this melodic spanish music but it's not just spanish music because it also has that flamenco which has that yeah. the moors you know from the middle east and northern africa who took over spain for a long time okay from you know so you have this mm, that Muslim-based, or I guess it'd be like an Arab-based style in Spanish music that's European mixed with this ancient rhythmic stuff from Native Americans mixed with this like central uh, Western modern polka music from like the last 200 yeah. years. You get the, you put it all together and then you mix in like American influence and you're like, it's crazy what gets you to Mexican music. You know, you mix... And then when you have this like rigatone, you mix like hip hop, R&B, even electronic music with everything I just said. And you get like this modern rigatone, like Bad Bunny type stuff, like big, it's so popular now, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's amazing. You, you yeah. can start to see all the layers and there's always exceptions and it, it slides. I, I, I really like the, um, the, like the tropical movement in Brazil. Mm-hmm. And uh, like the, the movement of the '60s and the '70s, and uh, like the mix of, uh, you know, more uh, England rock and roll music, American rock and roll music, with their some of traditional rhythm or uh, you know percussionist and everything mixed together, and the 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 uh, the Brazilian to have a very special way of playing the rhythms. That is, some some of them are. Uh, they're not writable. You can not write them on a paper mm -hmm. almost, you know. It's not square. It's not triplets. It's in between. 
like it's it's very special i'm not able to i can hear it but i not necessarily able to do that feel but it's very special it's between two things and uh they, they have very special uh, rhythm so uh yeah i like to uh, to uh, to listen to different uh you know cultural music for mm-hmm. that to uh mm-hmm. the, the the groove you can do and uh that's the thing i um i tried to do uh after uh, you know studying with music is playing rock but incorporating many uh like some jazz thing some uh, latin thing some african thing in the drumming you know Mm -hmm. so uh different uh like uh, metrics like three on two two on three Mm -hmm. and uh, things like that and use that in different contexts and uh like uh, like tropical you did in a in a in a few ways Mm-hmm. Not necessarily with those kind of rhythm, different one, but uh, I like the, the, this mix, and uh, I use uh, I use that with the boys, uh, with the mojos, little, and uh, when I'm jamming, that's a that's a that's a thing that I, I like the sound of it in a more rock or more mm-hmm. uh, you know modern music playing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think it's a uh, it's very uh, very interesting. Have you ever been to another country to like study their percussion? Not no not oh. for the I've been to other countries for for sure but uh, not for the yeah percussion uh, uh, a few friends uh, went uh, like to have to travel to Brazil to live there for a month or two or uh, or uh, same thing a few weeks in uh, Africa different country mm-hmm. but uh, I personally uh, never did it but yeah like when I retired I, I would like to study music again. Like oh, just really? to fun, like maybe to do, uh, you know, a degree in university, or you That's know, cool, going yeah. to uh, to uh, like master class for a few weeks, yeah. uh, like in Brazil, or when are you gonna retire? I don't know, man. <laughs> but I'll, I'll hope I'll be in shape and uh, able to do those things. But the the process of learning the music that I really like. Yeah, it's fun. Like in the past year, I didn't have no band. And I was only playing in my, uh, you know, in my basement. And even when I have a band, it's one time a, year, a week, like or two mm-hmm. weeks. So mostly I'm playing by myself, mm-hmm. and like just be on my kit, you know, practicing new new beats or uh, you know learning those African beats or anything. I like this process of mine. <laughs> your show is uh, bending brains, but yeah. in a way, it's that you know you you bend your mental and your physical together to p- yeah. create something that I, I I like it. Like I like practicing. Some people don't like it that much. On my on my part, it uh, it just when you do that, you're focused. Yeah, it's everything you're thinking about. There's there's nothing else going that's, around. That's true. It's it. I like might that. take some time, but once you get in that swing. Of practicing, you're not thinking about anything else. Or playing. I'm saying practicing. Practicing can be just playing and trying to do the grooves and anything, just playing. But when you do that, you play. That's the thing. It's happening now. Mm-hmm. It's do you're doing it, and that I, I like it very much. So yeah, I, I would see myself retiring and uh, pushing drums uh, even a, uh, a bit more further. I guess I'll do it until that too because I do it by myself. I've taken a, a few classes with a drummer I liked, or um, like uh, uh, I try to to continue progressing. Or I have friends that are that uh, are better than me or did uh, their university, and I like to play with them. You know, so I, I'm continuing to learning, mm-hmm. but to learn, I mean, but um, yeah, like pushing the 
the other step, you know. Yeah. Often learning is a is like a, you know, like a stair. Like it's not a, a smooth process. It's you know increments. Yeah, yes. like uh, you Small hit increments. you hit a spot and then you practice. You don't see it coming and oh, there's another, uh, there's another one and there another one. So uh, like, but to do those next big step in my playing, I would like to do that. That would be a uh, and it, it's kind of a life commitment in a way. Yeah, right? it's you a can. There, journey. it's 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 never like there's no yeah, end line. There's no it's end impossible. It. Absolutely, that that's how I feel about playing music. It's like I might not practice every day. But I practice and I have been practice every week and I've been making records forever and I'm just going to do it forever. I mean, I have all the equipment, I have the knowledge, the experience, the ability, the want. So just do that and no need to appease big labels or society or yeah. what's hip in pop culture. Just play for fun. That's the basic, all di- yeah. yeah. all different kinds of stuff, different styles. It's fun to be in different bands. At, at first, yeah. I always wanted to be in like one band forever. You know, and like when your first band breaks up, it's like when your first big breakup happens with, yeah, a, yeah, with yeah. a relationship. <laughs> it's the worst, you know. And it's the same with the band. You're like, what? How do I start over again? And it's like you could do it. I've been in yeah. uh, too the many energy bands. you put like the, all the time. And mm-hmm. the, the, it's yeah. exactly the feeling you you. I it's hard to explain to people, but I, I've said it before. I'll say it again. Being in a band is like being in a relationship yeah. with all people that you're not having sex with. Yeah. That's what it's like, and, and there it's not only one person. Yeah, <laughs> it's, there, a ton it's of a, people. It's a lot of people. Multiple people. And uh, well, your your band was a big one, right? Uh, we had f- we had five people, but the, when we'd play live, we've had like six, seven, oh, eight. Oh yeah, people. yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. I've seen a couple live that you were bigger. Mm. Oh, you didn't do like a, a thing that you played a song, but you were like I don't know, twenty people or twenty. Yeah, that was my that, backyard. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah you we did one. That. We did one with uh, how many people? 13 or 14 people played in the oh, band. Oh, 13, 14. Okay. It was a lot. It was crazy. It was oh, fun, yeah. though. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, it's I, cool you had all those crazy ideas. I didn't, uh, like, notice that the album, like, you know, they, they went together. Yeah, uh, all of them go together, yeah. all three. So uh, you, you had cool ideas to explore, you know? I guess, yeah. I mean, I felt like they were something. I just didn't know what it was. I was... I've always been a little into pushing things kind of far. A little, going above and beyond what you expect for yourself and what any of the world anticipates from you um naturally i guess i mean it's not like it i guess when you try anything it's deliberate but it doesn't feel deliberate it feels like a calling like what you're supposed to be doing yeah um i also enjoy the adventure i enjoy going on that journey taking the risk you know doing the festival in your backyard for 10 years <laughs> most people would never do that they would do one <laughs> and be like never mind this is a bad idea uh, but like I, instead of looking at all the f- shortcomings and failures, I just optically looked at – I looked at the optics actually. And I was like, okay, don't do that again. Fix this, do that, and just kind of improve, 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 improve. Same with sessions. Every technique, microphone placement, microphone choice, lighting, There's cameras, a lot of learning there. So much. Man. Just, I mean, thousands of them. Oh, you yeah. thousands, you just – you know. That's so true. Now they're fast. I mean, I had a band come in from Providence, Rhode Island last Wednesday. This awesome band, Nova One. Went to their show at Chuba's. They came back at say the night, and then we did a session the next day at 10 a.m. And then they left, and I had to go to work. I went to teach to, I teach at Columbia College, too, downtown. And I taught two classes there. And then when I got back home, I uh, 
edited the audio, but because I use templates that I've already created based on this environment and yeah. my setup, it's like 85% mixed. Mixed it, listened to it a couple times, mixed yeah, it, cool. mastered it, yeah, threw yeah, it in yeah. there, did the video editing. It, it, then it, you adjust it for the musician and their way of playing mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. uh, the band, and, but right. the, the, the foundation kind of is... It's uh, all there already. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And by that night, by 12 hours later, they're already done. up. On, they weren't public yet. They're not public yet, but they're up on YouTube ready to go. In 12 hours while I had to go to work that day. So, <laughs> but that's how f efficient I've gotten it to. I can fly through these things. But it took so long and a lot of money, a lot of time. That's for sure. A lot to get that efficient, that quick, and just know what to do. But I still love it. I, I love when a band comes in that I, there was this band that came in. I never recorded the instruments before. Old Native American Mexican, like bass drum. Oh, yeah, yeah, I was yeah. hitting with like a cow skin on it. Okay. And then a cow Was bell. there deepness in it with another skin? Or it, I don't it know. Was it was only... low in pitch. I could show you the video after this. It was yeah. low. It was a boom, boom, boom. Uh, yeah. And then the other guy had congas and he had three of them. Another person had guitar. And it was bass. And it was three vocals and stuff I just normally don't record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I love it. I'm like, okay, cool. It's a challenge because when it's bass, guitar, drums, and singer, it's like, that formula, it's like, what's two plus two? It's four. But when someone comes in with that kind of contraption and different stuff, I'm like, oh, what's two plus two times five plus three? You know, then it's a math equation. You got to figure out, like, where do I put these mics? I've never seen this instrument before. Yeah. Where does it radiate sound? How does it resonate? Where, 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 where are all the sounds emanating from? What part of the surface? What is the texture? of this material, like what, all these things matter when you micro, put a microphone on something. Also, how loud is it relative to the other instruments in the room? Now I got to balance bleed from the instruments. So I enjoy it. I like it when a band comes in and they have like a new approach or different instruments or different styles. I get I get all excited. Just a, just a parenthesis, but uh, when I was younger, uh, I was on a, you know, with friends, they were a little town, so we were just hanging in the street and we end up in to one of the guys that we were with to his home and I'm in the living uh, I just look on the wall and there's the guys of Pink Floyd in the same living I am in, <laughs> in with his father I, I, but I knew after that I, like he told me after that it was his father and it was like dude what the guys of Pink Floyd are doing here wait what do you and mean his father what? He, he did uh, he was uh, like um, the, uh, people uh, you know m doing maintenance and doing guitar and things like that mm -hmm. you know I don't know uh, the, the, the word guitar technician no not tech uh, like uh, they're making guitar oh uh, a luthier luthier and yeah, uh, yeah doing this the fine maintenance he on did guitar. that for Pink Floyd no he was doing that and also he was miking instruments oh. and he miked a uh, old ancient instrument which called in French a vieille à roue is like a violin but you have a wheel that you turn yes I know that instrument yeah so he was on one of the first person in the 80s to put a mic on that and they wanted it so they came to do a show Canada they come to his home to get the instrument mic <laughs> but just you know what album is that on? Oh, I don't know. Uh, honestly, was it so, ever on, a, on an album or did they just so wanted Pink that? Floyd that in, went to his house to buy this instrument, to buy this instrument. and to try it and to, to try it. Uh, on. He was the first people to record it. 
to to uh, put a, a microphone, microphone. No, like a like a guitar a pickup oh he guitar pick up, like a piezo disc on it kind of, yeah, i don't know exactly pickup. but uh, he, he yeah he put a pickup so it was now electrified this ex- he was the first to electrify this instrument and you're in this living room and you see pink floyd <laughs> yeah. picture on the wall in the same room like, you're in yeah, yeah like, <laughs> oh those are the same couches you know <laughs> that's so funny what a story that's wild yeah that's so funny yeah. I, I, uh, i'm staying in the same pad but the, the wall that was from their show in, uh, I don't know if it's the same time he was there, but possibly it was in the 80s. But uh, they did the wall in the Olympic Stadium in Montreal. Uh, not the wall, sorry, the album before that. But the idea Animals. was... Animals? I don't know exactly, but uh, he was telling that uh, in a show in uh, like um, the bassist... Um, Roger Waters. Waters. Roger Waters would interview the, And he was telling that, that he had the idea of of the wall in Montreal because the the crowd was really, I don't know, it was too close and it was annoying. And there was an annoying guy, in fact, in front of the the, 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 the first row and he was very drunk. And Robert Wa- Roger Waters, he, he spat on the guy. Like, he spit <laughs> on him. <laughs> and like after that, he, he was like, oh, I shouldn't do that. But And it was the relationship with the crowd and that sh- you, sh- you should build a wall to the... And really? he was selling everything. Like, so, huh. Uh, well, Interesting. I never knew that. Yeah. I always thought the wall was like a metaphor for like big brother and government and control. Yeah, that the story and everything, but the the, the main thing, he, he, just didn't he, was, he was telling the story. That's so funny. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, as I said, Pink Floyd, but yeah, just to, to say electrifying an instrument or you, electri- like this new in- instrument, you know, miking it, mm-hmm. new sounds. Mm-hmm. and uh, Interesting. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun with new sounds. It's, that's why it's fun making an album. You can experiment when you have all the mics and all the equipment. You can experiment with microphone placement, move stuff around. I mean, I used to, I used to record for my second Wilshire record. I recorded guitar through the air ducts. It was oh, a yeah. whole, whole crazy system. I moved my guitar amp to my bedroom upstairs, faced it towards the air vent. What? Went down, turned off the AC, went downstairs, put <laughs> microphones on the air vent down in the basement. Yeah. So it's far, and this played, and I, but I had it run the. I have no wireless setup, so I had to run my cables. All in the down stairs. Down the stairs, attach it to a pedal to extend it another like 21 feet, <laughs> and then play in the living room and bring the headphones from the basement up to meet in the middle because the cables were too short. Listen and then play along. But I put a mic on the amp in the bedroom and on one in the vent in the basement. It has such a cool sound. I could oh, yeah. show you uh, after this, but it's a cool sound. Oh, yeah. It sounds exactly like that you hear, and I have them fade into each other. Is it kind of the sound you, when you speak in a... Yeah, it sounds like it's in uh, a, a Folgers tin can with a like piezo a pipe disc on or it. Anything yeah. when you it sounds like a, like a plate reverb, but like a really bad plate reverb. <laughs> really, <laughs> it's essentially what it is. It's, you know, aluminum rattling around So you did a lot of research while doing uh, all the... It's like, I know you got better and everything, but, the, yeah, you know, I researching be, sound. Yeah, and, it was um, stuff mixed with what I was learning in school because I went and studied this in school yeah. and what I was experimenting with in real life and bands I used to love and admire. I'd listen to what they did and heard you their and sounds. They were doing, and, yeah. Like this band Sonic Youth, you probably heard Yeah, Sonic. yeah. They experimented so much and I really got into that. Radiohead, yeah. my, my Buddy Valentine... Um, yeah, modest mouse, my bloody uh, Valentine, and their uh, kind of wall of sound. <laughs> yeah, very much so. They, I saw them live at the Aragon Ballroom ten years ago. Okay, and it very much was a wall of sound. The guitarist Kevin Shields, I think I counted like thirty something amps on its on stage just for him. Guitar amps like a wall of guitar amps. 
and they were angled away. <laughs> like if this is the lead singer facing the crowd, they were angled like this pointed away probably for feedback issues. Like I've never seen anything like that. And then the guitar player and bass player had like two amps each. But then this guy just literally a wad. If I was setting up his gear, I'd be like, this is so annoying. And then you go, I have uh, tickets to the symphonic orchestra in Montreal with mm-hmm. one of my friends. We've been having those tickets for like 10 years. And it's, uh, we buy like, it's not season tickets, but it's like six shows per mm-hmm. per season. So we buy, buy those. That's bass. awesome. Yeah, and it's we nice, go together. It's a good, good orchestra. Oh man, I oh yeah, it one, uh, it's one of the good. Uh, like it's on the, the on the big circuit in the world. You yeah, know, uh, like, like Chicago in, Symphony Orchestra. Yeah, kind of. Probably so, Boston Philharmonic. So uh, every the, the Paris or London. Uh, so every big name in the world, uh, different instrument, Lang Lang or uh, Maxim Vengerov on the the violin. Uh, name it. They come to uh, like I I've seen uh, Philip Glass. Mm, nice. That's cool. So, uh, yeah. And uh, Marta Argerich, uh, you know, big name. And uh, so, yeah. And then you go to those kind and there's not even a mic necessarily. Like, it's mm-hmm. only the room mm-hmm. of the place. And they, re- they do, like, maybe 10 years ago, maybe 15, they redo the, the place the for, the, the, for the orchestra. They build a, n- a new building. Oh, wow. And uh, it's like the symphonic house, they call it. But in French, it's La Maison Symphonique. And uh, so, yeah, it's all in wood inside. Oh, it's amazing. And uh, yeah, we often buy tickets and, um, you know, it's the F because, you know, it's it was old people before or like that they were going there. And I read once that the the main reason they're losing season tickets of owner is because they they die. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like the the main reason, like uh, 15 years ago. So they tried to... um, to do a renewal of the person coming in. So they were doing a lot of big deals for people under 35. So like my pick, my tickets with taxes were like 27 bucks, 26 wow, that's per shows. Not like that anymore, huh? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's kind of the same price. Oh, it's not that yeah, bad. But now I'm I'm 35, so it's my last year after oh, that. I'm going to play the, 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 the regular price. What's the normal price? Honestly, I don't know. I'll have to check. <laughs> but then those tickets were in the choir. Okay. So behind the orchestra. That's better. Like it's you, just more fun. You, you see the the chef. Yeah. You no, know, the maestro. You see him from the, the face and not the, the chef. The, the, yeah, you the know conductor? No, the, the conductor. Con- yeah. <laughs> the oh, the chefs are. It's in French. He's <laughs> cooking the music. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's uh, the, that the, the French translation. Yeah. Um, is, what, is, what is it in French? A conductor. What do you call it? Un chef d'orchestre. Say again. Chef d'orchestre, orchestre in orchestra. Oh. So it's a chef d'orchestre. What does chef mean in French? Chef is like a leader. Uh, oh, see, I was thinking chef, I think a, a cook, you know, head cook. It's because it's the hef, head cook. But a chef, you could be a chef uh, in your, uh, like, uh, at your job. So a chef, you mean like chef should your be, boss. It should be, it's kind it, of a boss. It should say chef cook. Kind of, yeah. Technically, it would be said but chef it's a cook. yeah. But you, you, it's a good name to say a chef could be also a profession. Ah, oh, I want to become a chef, so I could just be called chef. chef but man. you could be uh, the team chef. Team you chef. You were my boss in my team. You, ah. you'd be the team chef. So yeah. So, so it's the chef d'orchestre. So uh, I, I translated directly to that. But uh, yeah. So you see his face. 
you see his dancing, his movement, his expression. Often you you know when he's gonna explode. Mm -hmm. Just seeing he's his, just his <laughs> yeah, you're just seeing his face change, and also on. Um, you know, it's it's like that. It's a kind of a, a youth, mm -hmm. not to complete you, but you know, it's yeah. half a circle. And so you you can be on the percussion side, which is very cool, seeing all those percussionists, you know, and you can be on the horn side. Mm -hmm. Did you ever want to play percussion for an orchestra? Uh, I did uh, uh, an orchestra. I did it for uh, harmony uh, when I was in Sijet, but I had, um, I, I, you have to play two instruments. And the uh, two first year on three, uh, it was um, classical percussion. Mm. I did a bit of Latin too, uh, percussion, also conga, um, you know, gueros. Mm. Uh, Ever any marimba or xylophone? Yeah, yeah I, lot of, I did a lot of marimba, Remember but classical, cool. classical marimba though. Okay. I never did. Where does uh, that come from? A bit, uh, you know? a bit Africa. Uh, I don't know. Probably in Africa they have something. I don't know what it's called, and it's like. Um, you know, it's like vegetable, like empty vegetable. You know, normally there's tube mm -hmm. under a marimba, but this one is, you know, wood notes. Mm -hmm. But under that, it's round, and it's a empty vegetable that they, uh, hmm. like, not a pumpkin, but... Like uh, a gourd? Like a gourd? Yeah, yeah, I think it's that, exactly. Like a squash? Or in, in French, uh, we say gourd. So uh, that... Gourd. Gourd, <laughs> yeah. Gourd. <laughs> we could, uh, it could be the same thing, and different size, and uh, hmm. so it's kind of a marimba, but I don't know if it, is it uh, that, that, in, I don't know the, the origin, That's but it's, sim it's similar. Yeah, I played a lot, of, a lot, you know what I mean, but uh, that was my second instrument, so I... Uh, I, be, I learned pieces, I learned... Uh, Marimba and, and vibraphone? A, a bit of vibraphone, yeah. Are the two things that anytime I meet a percussionist or like a drummer, they play those. If they're like classically trained or jazz trained. Yeah, it's but in my in my school, it was uh, like uh, you had to. It uh, after two years, I chose I've chosen a bass at the time. I'm not a great bassist that much, but uh, I did I did a few class of bass, but you know, very very basic. Do you play bass still? No, no, and uh, now I can you know just do a little guitar, few chords, and uh, uh, it for fun. Does it I feel am, weird to you playing guitar? Uh, I liked it. One thing about my musicianship like the the musician i, I am uh and i'm not the multi-instrumentist guy mm -hmm. you know i always play drums percussion a little too but um you know on the rhythm not not even the rhythm section really the the, the, the rhythm guy you know so then to learn different instrument you see the song the song you're playing differently i think oh my god yeah so i couldn't it's, agree it's, more i, I, I it's like if I could go back in time, I would like no. You should play piano first, mm -hmm. and then always play a little guitar, mm -hmm. and uh, that will help uh, every musician so Absolutely. bad. Piano is the number one thing. That's what oh, everyone learns. On. It's the most complete in my way. It's the my thinking is the most complete uh, instrument. Yeah, you do the bass and melody in one. Yeah, bass and, and, and the chords and everything. You do the foundation, the bass, and the it's voice very and visual too. Mm -hmm. the, you know, every note is what you see. It's yeah. laid out for you to to play. Yeah, gets good uh, dexterity and yeah. kind of creates Rhythm. an ambidextrous the, feel. Where you yeah, learn the both independence. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I know it's really perfect. So that's a regret, kind of. I have in my progression through uh, music. I would have loved to to play more. Mm. Like now, you know. I can take an instrument and I'll be able to play a little something after a while. Like I, I have okay ears and uh, mm -hmm. so but you know I have friends that are you, you see them like 
play guitar or play the drums and you're like, oh, you're a good drummer. Oh, no, I'm a pianist. <laughs> you yeah. know? Yeah. And they, they could play in a band and they're, they're super yeah. good, you know? It's always crazy that that poly uh, musician that could play many, or poly instrument, instrumentalist that could just do a bunch of instruments. Oh, yeah. You know, like play five, six things. My, a good friend of mine, Jason, Matt knows him too. He can play a good amount of instruments. He's phenomenal and f very fluent in upright bass. He plays in a bunch of different orchestras. And what's bass. his main instrument? Upright bass. Uh, up, oh, upright bass. Yeah. Uh, you mean big bass. Yeah, double bass. Upright double bass, bass yeah. yeah. So upright bass or double bass. It's because you did that. Like it was like upright bass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the bass. <laughs> he plays the bass really well, but he also could play cello. Okay, yeah. And he owns all these instruments with the name. Cello, yeah. And violin. Oh, yeah. Uh, guitar, electric bass, piano, harpsichord, organ, serbahar. Damn, okay. Yeah, serbahar, which is the base of the sitar, sitar yeah, okay. and serbahar. Okay. Um, and I think a couple other things. I don't think he does any, like, woodwinds or brass, but everything else. Damn, like, impressive. all strings, oh, awesome. like, anything string. Is the string on it? Doesn't need a fret, needs a fret, doesn't matter because his ear training is so good. He plays all this stuff and he's so good at all of them. He's, I, I think he's really gotten great at upright bass and sitar and pretty good at cello. Nice. Like he wouldn't consider himself, you know how people in that world, once you are that good, you, you know how not good you yeah, are. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, he's like, oh, I'm good at bass, like ends there, even though he could play all these other stuff. Yeah, yeah. Me, no, as soon yeah. as I can play a synth, a couple chords, I'm like, yeah, I play synth. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I don't really play synth. I mean, I've dabbled. But I, I understand what you guitars mean. Guitars, more, you, I feel, more you feel like you, and uh, for a sound injuring, I'm sure you, 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 you know that you don't know so many oh, stuff. Yeah. You oh, know? yeah. I have no problem <laughs> saying in a, in a polite way what I know and what I can do and what I'm capable of. And I also have no problem admitting what I can't do, what I don't know, and what I'm not capable yeah. of. And an expert always should be someone who knows what they know and then knows when to pass the baton to a different expert that can finish that for you. If, if a student comes up to me and has a question, I will do everything I can to give them the most accurate or answer, and I'll tell them like an objective yeah. thought, empirical data. Then I'll give them my opinions and subjective thoughts on it. Then I'll tell them what I might not know and they need to maybe ask somebody else or look it up because I don't know the answer. Yeah, But like that's what... It's very Why professional is, to yeah, do that. that yeah, that you're way. supposed yeah. to. You're supposed to like. You know what? This is my. And if it's something is your opinion, you first of all always need to know the difference. And an expert, a professional should. And then you always have to preface. Well, in my opinion, this, this, and that. But you don't have to do it that way. That's just how I would probably do it. But maybe try this or combine both together. And that's how you're supposed to talk. And it it makes you actually get smarter because then you can when you verbalize out loud, not yeah. just in your head, but out loud what you don't know. Then you can usually I like go home and I have research and I'm like I need to like when a student asks me a question I don't know the answer chances are I'm going to figure out the answer by the end of the day on my own my own research a book yeah. a YouTube video Google whatever ask my roommate whatever so what, what's good about it is it it uh, preps you to keep learning yeah. it once you admit what you know and don't know you can always keep learning and it gets better and better and it's more compounded. And the further linear you go through life, if you want to look at life as a linear path, the more you realize you always have to learn, but the less you'll have to learn because you've learned so much. The weight of the learning isn't so heavy, yeah. the burden of it. It's easier. 
learning is a muscle. You know, when you keep learning and reading and listening and communicating and traveling and trying different cuisine and different music and different this and different fashion, that, it all gets easier and easier and better and better. That was uh, that was special for me because, you know, I've teach for uh, like seven years and a half, like 15 uh, semesters, like I told you. So uh, at my job, when I was teaching different level of person, you know, children, but adults or teenagers, or some better, some less good or new, like new player. And, uh, but I was good at was I was, you know, I was confident with what I was showing or my method that I developed, you know. So I have a certain level of teaching and uh, things I was able to do. Then at, at the same time, I was doing my accounting, you know. So I did like university, like degree, then master, then the license. So you have a lot of study in a way. You're, you're a specialist. You should be an expert. You know what I mean? But then you start in a firm and you don't know nothing. You know, you mm-hmm. just have the school. So I was passing from music that I had less study, if you want. And I, I was like the the master of my little domain, <laughs> my little place, you yeah. know, I was teaching my, I was confident in what I was doing. I, would, I don't want to say master, it's not pretentious, it's just a way of talking. But uh, And then I started my professional career that I was supposed, and I would go to cl- to clients and things like that, and I and I was supposed to know things like that. And it's, uh, I, I, now being more, uh, you know, more experienced, it's what I say to juniors, and I, that I learned pretty quickly, it's like, you don't want to feel dumb, you don't want to feel, uh, to feel uh, not unprofessional or things like that, so, you're so you sometimes don't ask enough questions or you go back to your desk and you, you don't un- understand yeah. fully what you did. And for me, asking questions is uh, the contrary. It, it shows that the person is, is wise and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, uh, and uh, wish to understand or can, can like, verbalize what they don't know. What they don't know. Which what and, they, and, you know, so it's important. It makes it's, you more intelligent. It's, it's an important part of the process, yes. you know. So never feel like, oh, I'm in my corner and I don't want to ask that question. I'll feel uh, stupid. I'll, uh, stupid or anything. No, no, that's the contrary. But when, it, when it's done, be sure to have. Yeah. To have understand what the Absolutely. what the situation is or the the com the concept or anything. I wish that idea was taught more at a young age. I learned that as I got older, but when I was younger, I made the mistake of being too nervous and too quiet to yeah, ask yeah, questions yeah. in class. You know, I just sat and, there and probably that like how many person next to you had the same interrogation, Everyone. so that no one <laughs> says anything. And I deal with it now with my students when I'll throw something out there where there's really like no bad answer. Yeah. I don't even accept them to know, and like no one says anything. Maybe one student does, and these are people in their teens and twenties, you know, eighteen to twenty-five. But I'll, I'm just like, no one really, and I'll try to make them laugh to get them feeling more comfortable. Like, are you sure? Like, no one has a question. I mean, there's no wrong question. Like, a lot of this material is subjective. We're like critiquing sound art projects. It's quite subjective. You could there's really nothing you could say that's wrong. And then finally, they'll start to conjure up stuff. But I notice when one person does, and it's a good question, and have a good answer, they start to get a little bit more excited and more yeah. feel confident to like jump yeah. on and talking. Especially when you, I realize people like games, even adults like games. I mean, clearly adults like games. Most people play video games are probably adults. Most people play board games are probably adults. Yeah, yeah. And students like them too. So you, sometimes you got to turn stuff into games and. Oh, the best game I came up with that I'm going to keep doing was this ear training game on trying to r- 
recognize what frequency a pitch is oh. between 20 hertz and 20,000 hertz across our human hearing spectrum. So I'd play like a pure tone sine wave. Sine wave has no overtones. It's just a pure it's tone. It's kind of to learn you how to do good EQs or like Yeah, to for EQ and the pitch recognition, exactly. Be- because basically, uh, for a friend, you know that, but maybe not good as you, but, uh, you know, it, when something live happens and it, like it's, uh, there's this high, high, high pitch sound, you have to react quickly yeah. to cut that frequency, yes, you, you know? Yes, cut it out. You have to attenuate it out because you but get you have feedback. But uh, you have to, like, Ear notice which frequency. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You might have a frequency analyzer that's going to show you stuff, but oh, okay. you can also do it by hearing. It's the same thing as... The frequency analyzer is like almost having like a fret in the guitar. You know what note you're at. It kind of shows you. But someone who has a violin could still find that just by listening because they have ear training. You don't yeah, even yeah. need the fret. You can still get to that A. It's the same one on the guitar. Just one is slightly faster because it kind of leads you to where it's going to be. And that's what a frequency analyzer would do. But yeah, it was great for ear training. But it was fun because some were really good. And some I taught them or they started learning tricks to figure out what pitch was yeah. based on if they had perfect pitch already, if they're musicians or had like relative pitch. So this one student was really good with her ear training, and she's young, like 18, a freshman, and I played a note, and it was 400. And I told him I would only do, you know, numbers, like even numbers, like 400, 500. I would never do like 337. Yeah, it's like, yeah. wow, they get that. <laughs> Just to simplify it. And oh, you said 39, sorry. Sorry, it was 40, <laughs> it was 39. And I, I played a 400 hertz tone, a sine wave. You know, and it, I don't even know, it would be ooh, ooh, something like that. Mm-hmm. And she recognized that it was really close to A440, which is a standard yeah, the, the tuning. Standard, yeah. But wasn't quite a 440, it was a little flat. She had perfect pitch one? Close to it, I think. I think she just, I think she can get A in her head, A440. Yeah. Do you notice it was kind and then of the really t- flat? The- so she was like, well, if it's kind of flat, probably 400 because we're doing it between 400, 500, 600, 700, like all up to 20,000. So she guessed 400. I was like, yeah, how'd you know it? And she told me, I was like, that's awesome. Keep that in mind and apply that to everything else we're doing. If it feels like the same note but higher, it's probably an octave, which just doubles the, the frequency, yeah. the hertz. Mm-hmm. So if it's 400, maybe it's 800 or 1600 or 32. Sure enough, she started getting them. She got like majority of the questions because she used that and applied yeah. it to the rest of them. And the other ones started figuring that, and other kids started trying to figure it out, like, based on songs they knew the key of, try to see if they can match it to it, and then guess the number based on that. And it started working. And I was like, see? Yeah. Like, you, there's so many tricks to how to figure out how, how to do this. You know, yeah. music, music, physics, audio, and sound, It's they're all... They're all the together, same. Yeah. Elk. They're all yeah the same. It's uh, it's why I told you earlier. Like when I I was studying music, I had instrument, uh, different you know interpretation and things like that. But also you know uh, theory theoretical thing like theory, theoretical yeah, yeah like the theory of music. And for me, it was just mathematics. Mm-hmm. Like I was pretty good at that because you, you know count. it's, it's physics. <laughs> yeah, it's, but it's physics and everything can be counted. Like like yeah. the, the harmony. It's there's all the logic. It's, you know, uh, it's note and half note, like, mm-hmm. you know, so mm-hmm. when you know how to build them, you can transpose them to any notes and uh, There anything. is a math and, to it. And, yeah. and, and, you know, you want to, you, you take a, a single line and then you, you want to make it a four line. Mm-hmm. There's just spaces between notes you have to respect. And, you know, I didn't have that much uh, of a good ear at the time. 
and like I was able to have very good notes in that. I was not sure how it sounds, but I know it wor- it was working. Yeah. <laughs> like it respect the mathematical logic behind that, so <laughs> it was good. Yeah, no, there you is know? a math. To so it. that 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 was my way of. Uh, but uh, you know, uh, a lot of the big talents, uh, they, uh, they 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 they're mo- they they know maybe the, the 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 theory behind it, but they they have the f- more maybe more feel about the 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 harmony that I can I can mm. have, and that that's the one thing because. Uh, if I would have learned more piano earlier, things like that, maybe mm. uh, maybe get to feel a bit more. It was I, I learned it more uh, afterwards, you know. Right, uh, right. It was, but people would get there, you know, playing uh, since the three or four years old, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> starting with the uh, piano. Great pitch recognition. Uh, oh yeah, yeah that that was yeah. super super good. A friend, a good friend of mine, we're working on her album right now, Fugudugu. Uh, they played DZ Fest twice. They're like a, they call themselves like a gypsy punk rock yeah. band from you know they're from Moldova. What's what's the instruments in the band? Uh, violin, acoustic guitar, bass, and drums with two three vocals. Oh, and nice. she's the singer. Olya is from Moldova. Okay. Great singer, but she has perfect pitch. And she learned violin at five, I believe. And she's 30 now, so she's been playing for 25 years. But she is immaculate on it. And it's an amazing thing. And it's wonderful to record and listen to and be a part of it. And I've recorded a bunch of her projects. But there's a downside. The downside is she, she's so good at it and so particular and has such a good ear for it that anything that doesn't match fall her. into that very small acceptance of what it's, you can allow. It's annoying for annoy her. Annoy her. Drive her crazy. Has to redo. Has to redo. Which is, I mean, I don't mind. I just know what it is. Like, I'm not mad yeah. at it. I just, I'm like, okay. I am. My ear tolerates more than that. Like, oh, I'm so lenient. <laughs> I mean, I'm a, I'm a sound yeah. artist at my heart. I, I play music, but within music, I'm creating sound art. And I've always been that way, atmospheric. Yeah. I could care less about pitch and rules and tones and rhythm. I mean, I enjoyed making up my guitar tuning so much. That every song in Wilshire is in a different alternative tuning, okay, none of yeah. them repeat. Okay. And then got really into time signatures. And then I started doing this, you know, there's polyrhythms. But then I started doing this thing that it's probably happened, but I can't find it much. You might actually know where I called it poly measures, where the measures of everyone's instruments aren't lining up and they overlap at certain increments. Oh. I don't know. It was weird. And it took a while to get. Like for for example, say the guitars are playing in six, and they do each bar, each they do four measures in six, so the bar is twenty four, but you do it four times, so end up being at ninety six across the whole thing. Yeah. But then the bass is doing eight measures, yeah, yeah. but five times, so they end up being at forty. And then eighty, and they don't ever really meet until you get way down the road. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't even know what it'd be. Yeah, it's a, it's a part of polymetrics. Yeah, and, it's weird. And, uh, polyrhythmic. And and when it's not working, they feel like they're swaying in and out, like they're like a battleship at sea, but they're still afloat. But then when they meet, when they come together, it's like one of the most resolved, pleasurable feelings you'll have as a listener because it like. You have some release of stress, and then the tension comes back. It's, and it's just weaving. And it's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, it's fat. It's almost like if you ever listen like Tool, the band Tool. Yeah, kind of like a bit, not that much, but a bit. Yeah, some of the stuff they do where they have like these like mind bending yeah, yeah. riffs where you're like, the drummer's playing. The drummer 15, is very the very good. Players in that, playing yeah. and then six, and then the bass player is doing like three, and they're all meeting up at you know sixty. Yeah, that'd yeah. be the next place they meet up is at sixty. Yeah, it's crazy. Terry's like, such a, a good drummer. He's a he's amazing. He's for crazy that. drummer. Oh, yeah. He makes really that band. Good. Really, yeah, yeah, really <laughs> I mean, good. they're all really good at what they do, but he I, I, makes I, I that like, band. I, I'm not that big of a fan. It's a, a good band and anything, yeah. but, uh, you know, uh, they're not that important in my discography. Sure, you know what I mean? But I love watching those drum cam of uh, Dan Carey play, playing the drums. It's so impressive. He's a wild drummer. With his basket uh, <laughs> basket shirt, yeah. you know, like uh, Boston or something, and uh, just w- hammering his drum and uh, all those technical measures. <laughs> and so things like technical. that and, and the how he sound keeps track. He has, oh man I don't know how you keep and track of he, that he, he just not keeps track he's beating it like he's entering that <laughs> he's like a, a train like, he's a big know? guy oh yeah yeah he yeah. looks quite fit to be doing that you know oh yeah no he's a very impressive uh, that's a drummer in the rock scene that uh, I really like to uh, to watch and have uh, and uh, I have a lot of respect for, uh, for him mm-hmm. same with uh, do you like Neil Peart from Rush Honestly, it's sad to say, but not that much. Mm. Like so much respect for him. Uh, he's an excellent drummer, very technical, very uh, like precise. straight, precise, and everything. But um, he, he, he doesn't makes me feel things. I like Danny Carey's more roots. He's a more I don't know how to say that, but the, uh, the feel where he mm. puts his rhythm. Yeah, yeah. Often the the drummer that puts the rhythm too much in the in the middle. You know, uh, I I call it the the clock. You know that um, a beat is if you check it with a microscope is large. <laughs> it, How it's, far are we zooming in? How many acts are we zooming in on the beat? Uh, but you know where it is. Where does it put it? At the start of the beat. Yeah. At the end, where it, it you know there's a gap. Right. And every drummer puts it at the, naturally at a different place. Yeah. Some genius like like Bonham could play different parts. Sometimes in front, sometimes more layback, or sometimes even not the the, the member at the same parts on the, the clock, you know? Mm-hmm. But Danny Carey, he has um he has a special way to come in the beat on the clock, you know? But guy like Neil Peart, in my my opinion, they're in the middle. They're perfect. Always. They're in the middle, you know? But that, it, for me, it's, Sterile? it's a bit cold. Sterile. Yeah. Dead. Like, you, you, it's you that listen metronome to... metronome thing we were brought up earlier. Yeah, same thing. A metronome is a bit cold. And with the, where, the gro- where the groove, you know, takes all his sense, it's when you play a little with the, a that, little off. the wave yeah. uh, of the time. Are you pushing on the band? Are you, you know, holding back the band? Are you rushing or dragging? Yeah, yeah it, it's not rushing. It, it's, oh, yeah, yeah. That's what I was talking about. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's true, yeah, yeah. I'm going to throw you a symbol. But, <laughs> but yeah, man. Not and, my uh, tempo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and yeah, you're not rushing. You're pushing the band, but always at the same spot. Rushing is when you accelerate. Mm-hmm. You know, a bit you're you're not stable, you're rushing. But when you're always at the same place, like Elvin Jones, you know the 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 jazz drummer, played with John John Coltrane, okay. or like uh, Maybe I a have. Love Supreme. It's oh, he, I, I just put that on. 
Oh yeah. That's what was upstairs. Oh man, it's it's Elvin Jones. That's what I put. Elvin on. Jones is. That's so funny. You just said that right when we came down here. I put I on the vinyl. Heard. Oh no. So Matt was playing. I, and a video game, and I put on a record for him to listen to, and I put on the Love Supreme vibe. Oh, yeah. oh you, you went intense <laughs> while yeah. that. Yeah. So, yeah, on that, that record, and other, they, they did a few records together, and uh, with McCartiner on the piano. And uh, Elvin Jones is Africa for me. Like, he has this way of playing the drums that is, it's, its roots is. You could see almost the fire and people dancing. Like it's, he has this way of of hitting the drum that gets me. Like mm-hmm. there's something living. It's 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 living right there. And people like Neil Perk, it's precise and everything. But I can I cannot see the fire and uh, <laughs> you know it's more a bit more cold. So I, I have a tendency to go to uh, more uh, to be more closer to those drummer. Yeah, kind of reminds you of. Do you know Steve Gatt? Yeah. He, he, has a, he has a special pocket too. Yeah, he very kind of special pocket. Relaxed, but very precise. Very smooth. Still. Yeah. Very yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, he's he's special. What about um? What about like Buddy Rich? It was a, a mix of speed and his speed's it, crazy. And he was he was hammering like he is you know, so fast. He's a train. He's a train player, uh, playing. Quite loud, you yeah. know the the it, like the swinging is quite loud. Big cymbal, like the big big band, you know they were hammering on their drum, those mm-hmm. drummer. And uh, so I like him for the technique for everything. But in jazz, no, not my favorite drummer. Mm. Like Fiddy Joe Jones, mm-hmm. like like that in better, less skills maybe, mm-hmm. but a, a way to uh, to be part of the band that I. Prefer, prefer, but yeah. the very different drummer. You, then yeah. again, you cannot uh, like. Uh, I really love the Dave Grohl on the drum. Yeah. Oh, he's awesome drummer. He's an awesome drummer. drummer. He's he's pushing the band. You know, mm. he he has this way of uh, like the song. It doesn't go faster, but you know, it's pushing a little. He's really really good. He really in the tradition of like John Bonham and um, some funk player yeah, too. Yeah, John Bonham. Yeah. He's a good drummer too. Oh, an awesome drummer! Big, uh, big mix between jazz and uh, absolutely at the start of uh, like early leads up, and for sure you hear yeah. it. Yeah, first like two, three records, oh, you yeah. really hear so it. So much energy, so much on the. If we take out all the the skills or anything, just the way that you know the clocks, John Bonham in my mind is not. You cannot copy him. It's impossible. I am not able to place it. Like all his members are not are the, on the same clock. Yeah, yeah. His all his appendages you know, are doing different things. His right is pushing. Yeah. His snare is layback, and his feet is pushing too. How does that happen? So, so <laughs> it it's make a large beat because some of his, and not in every song. It depends. He, he could play a bit with that too, depending on the song. But that means that if it's his snare is there and his right bass drum is there, the beat is large. Yeah. On the clock, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So it's what that makes that feeling of drunkness in turmoil. a way. And it's like forward, it's moving forward, it's pulling backwards, sitting in the pocket all at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's what makes this drumming so complex. Then he had some skills, he had some, uh, you know, some intention in his playing. Like everything that makes him great is a mix. But just for that playing on the clock, 
he was very, very special. Yeah. And then you you compare him to like Mitch Mitchell that was playing with uh, Hendrix at the time. Mm-hmm. Mitch Mitchell, he uh, way more jazz than Bonham even. Like he, he really, I don't know if he was playing in clubs, uh, like jazz club, but he, he has uh, brush techniques. He has uh, a lot of technique that mm-hmm. are for jazz drummers. I think, and, um, you know, I think it's Nick Mason of Pink Floyd. Oh, uh, maybe. You know, do you know him? Yeah, 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 for sure. But uh, I don't know if he came from that. In uh, in Mitch Mitchell playing on the album, it's clear. It's uh, like he often do brush sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's really the jazz technique for Mitch Mitchell. Mm-hmm. He's, what, he's one uh, that uh, you can inden- identify very yeah. quickly for that. You know, it was a really... But uh, in, the ca- in the case of Mitchell, when you hear his playing in comparison of Bonham, an uh, amazing player, Mitch Mitchell, but he's, in, he's pushing the band. Mm-hmm. His playing is more... You know, everything goes more together. Yeah. He's in the same part of the clock. You know what I yeah. mean? Bonham was more complex in a way. Yeah. And not, I don't mean in the playing itself. I mean how you... The timing. The, the, the timing of every stroke. The execution made, of the each execution. Time, yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. Mitch mm-hmm. Mitchell was more close to the some drummer. Uh, and um, uh, um, Elvin Jones, I was saying, he was uh, he had something like similar to Bonham on that. Mm. On the way of being on the beat that is just hovering like you cannot take it you cannot <laughs> seize it you know it's like it's there but it's it's many places at the same time it's tough to play was, with I those think that guys was the most fringe thing you said this whole podcast you're like you cannot see it you cannot touch it it's just <laughs> oh, like when you're like <laughs> yeah yeah so uh so um animated you know oh yeah yeah you know who's a really underrated drummer that should be talked about more is matt cameron matt cameron soundgarden sure. pearl jam Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, check him out. I, I don't know about him that much. You've heard of those bands. Yeah, though, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, check. I don't know that much of those bands. A, li- a little, because I like, I have one Pearl Jam album. and uh, Soundgarden, Soundgarden like, I'm not sure if I, I have like an more. album. Check oh, out yeah. Soundgarden. I start with like Bad Motive Finger and and um, not Down on the Upside, what? but Super Unknown. There's more than uh, Black Hole Sun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that. I mean, that's like every band when they have like what? like it smells, it smells like Teen Spirit. It's like yeah, yeah, way exactly, better exactly, Nirvana exactly. songs. Than that. I know. I'm um, but he's such a good drummer. Oh, Super yeah. tight. Him really out. complicated. They do. A, they're a big odd time signature band. Oh yeah. They might be one of the best bands I've heard to do odd time signatures and have it be very effortless. Like you yeah, don't yeah. know they're yeah, doing it, it. It feels in the you song. Would, everyday yeah. people would be like, we just like one, two, three, four. But no, it's like eleven. Seven, yeah. fifteen. Oh yeah, yeah. Nine. You're just like, what the heck? I would have. Just... Uh, I think of this band for a special min- metric, uh, like band. Of what? Like special metric. Uh, oh, like yeah. The, I wouldn't have thought of Soundgarden. Sound you know? Garden. Yeah. Well, Soundgarden. They grow sound. So yeah. Like, <laughs> like it's a classic. Emerson, Lake and Palmer, Soundgarden. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Man, it's been fun having you on here. You know how long yeah. it's been? I don't know, man. Probably. An hour and a half, two hours and ten minutes. What? Isn't that crazy? <laughs> oh yeah, it's easy to uh, to speak it with you. You're a good guest. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm a guest uh, on your podcast. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you mean a good host? <laughs> my pleasure. You're good. <laughs> so thank you to be at my uh, bending brains uh, with uh, <laughs> with Julian Fontaine, and uh, we'll be, we'll, thank we were you for being ben. <laughs> at my bending brains. You are a great guest, Ben. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's so funny. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I but mean yeah, that, that was fun. Yeah, we should do this again sometime. Next yeah. time you're in Chicago, I should come to Montreal. And you should. We'll talk after this. 
Absolutely. We'll have yes. to do, I yeah, yeah. Ideas. I have some good insight where you could be sleeping. <laughs> without without penis? Would I sleep without penis? Oh, you! I can bring a penis <laughs> if you want. I can bring him for sure. Oh, It'd be joke, uh, people. Someone's name. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh man, but yeah, yeah, he, he could be there. Uh, I'll call him if you want. Oh my god! So yeah, it's has uh, been fun. Thank you very much yeah, too, for having great. me. Yeah, I learned a lot. You have a deep knowledge of music and percussion and accounting although we didn't count much today but <laughs> <laughs> yeah we'll talk about it I'll, I'll do a little plan for you <laughs> <laughs> very interesting life in trajectory you you chose a lot of good routes creative routes safe routes but uh risky routes huh? it's cool i respect yeah. it it's awesome thank and you, you guys were one of my favorite bands that ever played for those listening go on youtube and type in dz records and then Mr. Mojo Rise, and I believe four videos are going to pop up, maybe yeah. three, four. The Mr. Junkie Tracks, but which Mr. is Mr. Junkie live. Tracks, it's like what, 10 minutes, 9 minutes, 12 minutes, 12 minutes? Yeah, 12, something, okay. I think. A 12-minute, give or take, yeah. live song, which I didn't know was going to be that long. Yeah. You guys pulled a fast <laughs> one on me. I thought I was getting to like a five-minute rock song. They go 12 minutes, but it was worth it. So sometimes I get mad when a band does it, when they don't warn me. Oh yeah, because my camera stops; it shuts oh, off at thirteen minutes. I would have to, I haven't thought to yeah. say that to you. You, gotta, you know, and also like so we can anticipate like because when you're holding the camera like this, your arms get tired. So if you know it's thirteen minutes, you're gonna kind of be more <laughs> oh, conservative. Man. You know, I haven't said sorry to any uh, of you that night. <laughs> so what my second part what I was saying is I don't care when it ends up being an awesome performance because yeah. then I'm like I'm glad I caught this. Yeah, and yeah. it is by that, far that was special. Yeah, one of my favorite live performances I've ever captured let alone that show I put on was a great lineup the poster is on the wall I'll show you yeah, did you yeah. see it uh not now but I, I've seen you. it before yeah I think. and uh it was a legendary performance and so go, go check it out what's the name of the song so it's Mr. Junkie M-R dot Junkie uh and it's for Mr. Mojo Rising at uh, DZ Records yeah so, Mr. Uh, Junkie from Mr. Mojo there's Rising. an epic uh, saxophone solo uh, oh, in that guitar, song guitar <laughs> solo your drums hold it down the bass the yeah, it's Alpinus. That's a uh, the the basis. It's Alpinus. So. The singing on that <laughs> when when it, when the guitar saxophone calm response goes on, weird, weird, weird. <laughs> he's just like <laughs> he sounds like a trunk or a oh. an elephant, oh, like yeah. screaming for like help. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, it, it was it was good. But thank you for to th th that time you did that. Oh, it was awesome. Oh, we just drove from Montreal. We hadn't sleep in forty hours almost. <laughs> And we did that. You guys were soaked in sweat. It was oh, hot yeah. out. Oh, it was. Uh, we did a live so session probably like the next day or something. And it yeah. was a good time. It and then the time, time at Matt's wedding was fun too. Yeah. Oh, we had some good you. times together. I'll be back. I'll yeah, be back. come back anytime. If you ever need a place to stay, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got air mattresses and futons. Or you can stay at Matt's, whichever works. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, you have a nice drum right there. Yeah, yeah we can have a jam session. <laughs> oh. we, can air we can make an experimental record. Oh, oh. Hold on. Don't, don't, don't tease me like that. <laughs> like, uh, oof, oof, you get me in some places. <laughs> All, All right. right. Julian, thank you so much for coming here. All the way from Montreal, Canada. Um, that's Quebec, everybody. Yeah. Uh, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, man. Uh -huh. See you. Bye. Take care. Ciao, everyone. Bye. Bye.